This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frogs. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your hosts Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here, alongside the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be discussing nights 8 through 10 of the G1 Climax 28, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and the network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. Mike Grindle and John Jerusalem have A and B block midpoint assessments and recommended matches up on the front page of that site. So if you are cherry picking the G1, that is a great resource to check out some of the recommended matches. All right, Josh, we're about uh, halfway into G1 Climax 28. We're 11 nights in. Yeah. But it's Monday. <laughs> and we're only covering nights 8 through 10. Now, there's a good reason for this, ladies and gentlemen. I just want everybody to know. I am the dedicated one on the <laughs> Keeping It Strong Style team. I went to Jeremy and I said, hey, bro, look, you know, there's another show Monday. I know, you know, all of our hundreds and hundreds of fans across the world might not be able to hear us till Wednesday, but that's something I'm willing to risk. I was like, let's hold off till Tuesday. And Jeremy said, screw the fans. Screw the fame. <laughs> screw New Japan. Screw Harold Mai. Okay? He said, I'm going to SmackDown on Tuesday night. And I said, no! And then I said, did you get me a ticket? <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I am going to the SmackDown Live tapings tomorrow night in Tampa, Florida. But why? <laughs> Guys, I'm still I'm still fans of AJ Styles, Mojo, a lot of the guys on SmackDown. Is there so. any 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 big marquee matches happening this Tuesday? Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, the Bar versus Usos in the SmackDown Tag Team Tournament. They still got tag team wrestling in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they buried that crap. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, um, I actually you know it'll be fun regardless of. Whether or not it's an overall good show or not, I'm sure there'll be a few good matches in uh, 205 Live. They've been having a lot of good matches after oh, SmackDown. Yeah. Oh, so. you're going to be one of the like few in the crowd. You might even be able to like move down. Now, right. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a better seat, brother. Yeah. Where are you guys? 
uh, section 102. Okay, nice. Shout out to our boy, Jeremy LeBoy. Yeah, LeBoy. Yeah, me and him are going to be going down there. Yeah, that's Jeremy's one of the best in the world. Just like <laughs> our boy Phil Brooks. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole, he really is. No, he is, yeah. yeah. Congrats, congrats. What, LeBoy just got a promotion or something like that? Yeah, just got a promotion, and he has a baby that's going to be on the way in a couple weeks. That's freaking dope. I'm trying to get promoted. But this, uh, you know, New Japan is just ruining my life. <laughs> Go to work, my productivity's down, my numbers are down, I'm not saying people's names right. Sometimes I chop people. Start like, calling people like Okada, like Goto. <laughs> I just start like, I start like ref bumping people, like it's crazy. So yeah, and then, yeah, so. So yeah, so we won't be covering Night 11 this week, we'll be covering that next week. Yeah, and you know what? Um, but it's, just, it's fine because I barely, barely <laughs> got through nights eight through ten, and it has nothing to do with the quality. It has to do with me slacking, like for real, for real slacking. Like Orange is the New Black season, what six came out? Yeah. And not only that, you got a new mattress. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> This mattress is for real. Every time I start trying to watch New Japan, because in my in my bedroom I don't have you know like furniture. I just got like this mattress, so I'll be like chilling. I'm like, man, I'm really comfortable. This is gonna be a really good New Japan session. New Japan and chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but just me and chill, like <laughs> like no one else. And but then um like you know two ma- like two matches in, like I just fall asleep. Out for the count. Yeah. Like, I'm like Suzuki got me in that, you know, but in sleeper, yeah, and then he got me, and then that's <laughs> it. But yeah, like, I, I literally am having a tough time. Like, I'm gonna have to start watching New Japan out here in the living room, like on the uncomfortable leather couches, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that, that mattress is for real, bro. Five star quality, it, bro, seven stars, seven stars. Okay, for wrestling, there's only a five star max, but for mattresses, but for mattresses, there's no cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, so it's been good, man. It's yeah, been and good. plus this is kind of a crazy week too because I mean, there's there's a break tomorrow, but then there's another show right on Wednesday and Thursday. So regardless of when we recorded, we'd be kind of what was that? That was a four. That was another four night, eight uh, nights, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We're all back to back. No, it was well eight, nine, ten. There was a break Sunday, and then a show today on Monday, and then we're back Wednesday. Yeah, then we're back on Wednesday. So yeah, regardless of when we recorded, we'd be still be trying to play catch well, up or be behind. Well, I took a look at everything. It looks like we got two more episodes covering the G1 after this. We got, you know, next week's and we'll be like right near the end. And then there's a, you know, stretch of, you know, A block finals, B block finals. And then, you know, the G1 finals is, you know, in two Sundays and yeah. that's it. And then. And then we're figuring out who's going to, you know... To Wrestle Kingdom. No, to King of Pro Wrestling to defend oh, yeah. their briefcase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. And, uh, yeah, G1. It's been freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to be more positive. Yeah. A lot of our listeners last week were like, can you guys stop being so negative? And I was like, <laughs> screw you guys. F everybody. <laughs> F them. No, I'm just playing. No. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, we need to be more positive, have yes. a better demeanor. Well, we're covering a lot of great matches on this episode, so I think this will be a more positive show. You thought so? I thought everything sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Piss poor quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's get started with uh, night eight. The night, uh, the tournament matches kicked off with Hiroki Goto taking on Toriyano. 
Goto beat Yano 2 minutes and 11 seconds. Thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I guess they're still kind of trying to play slightly into the idea that, uh, you know, the, the fair play, Yano's going to stop cheating, but it's just escalated. It's like all out. Like after the Ibushi match, it's escalated. Like this dude, he's just he's cheating. Right. Well, he's kind of stuck in a hard place because he he tries to wrestle clean and he's not winning. He cheats and he's not winning. So he's, <laughs> he's kind of like, what do I do here? So he, he does like a mix of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. So this was very enjoyable though because he like immediately went after Goto like right off the bat. Right. He tried every trick in the book, and then Goto just like was like f this. Hold this GTR. Go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Spin kick, Saito suplex, Ushiguroshi, GTR. He hit like all his like. Ushiguroshi! <laughs> Shades of Hiroki Goto! <laughs> I, like, the other day I heard Kevin Kelly actually call. He's like, Ushiguroshi! And I was waiting for someone to say, Shades of <laughs> Hiroki Goto! But I was like, oh, but he's actually doing it. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Goto just pretty much hit all his like. Top moves and just beat Goto. Yeah, or beat, uh, beat Yano. Hit him with the five moves of Doom. Put him away. <laughs> and I I liked that because I was struggling to kind of kind of get through the night. So I was like, Yeah, give me match. Yeah, two minutes. F yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Let's do this. But um, you know, with uh with the story aspect of it, I thought it was very cool because you know Yano's whole entire arc is very enjoyable, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And so seeing someone be like, you know what, this guy, he just beat freaking Ibushi. I'm gonna take this seriously. Get, just get get rid of him. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good way to go. Like he just he he. Sent him plus, to the back. plus Goto needed a quick match after that banger he had with Ishii. That's you're right. And they and they said that on the commentary, and I thought that was great because they were like, man, this guy's got you know a lot of match time in this tournament. He gets a quick win. Gets rid of a tough challenge and he moves on. Yeah. And yes, yeah, it's good storytelling. Yeah, good stuff. So next up we had Tetsuya Naito against Tama Tonga. Mm. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, for me personally, I would say that in my opinion, this has been the most enjoyable Tama Tonga match of the tournament. I agree with you. I even I tweeted that out. I was live tweeting for this show, and I was like, "Yeah, I think this is one of the best uh, Tonga matches that I've seen in the whole tournament." How many retweets you get? <laughs> uh, I got a few people that responded, but what were they saying? Um, calling you an idiot? No, just <laughs> people kind of like liking and kind of agreeing. Do people uh, ever say like, "Do like are, are, we've never gotten to the point where people are like, you guys suck." No, we really haven't got any like negative feedback. Never. I mean, last week was the closest thing to quote unquote negative, where people just said that we were being a little, oh, little, yeah. little negative or harsh or whatever. You know what it is? They're taking me to task. Was a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> Michael Elgin's only got two finishers. And I was like, sorry. And then they're like, you suck. You can't read good. <laughs> there needs to be more blocks in the G1. And I was like, I know, guys. I know. <laughs> and uh, then, like, it took me days to respond because, like, I'm really sensitive. So I just, like, I, I'm, like, basically Carmella at this point. Like... <laughs> Doing young oh boy my. vanity searches. Yeah. <laughs> what are they saying about me today? <laughs> oh my gosh, they hate me. I see how many comments we have, and I'm like, we're over. And then I read the comments, I'm like, I'm under. <laughs> <laughs> They're burying me. 
Oh my god. Actually, you want to hear a funny story. So, um, a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine, oh, hey, hey. she uh, she listened to the show, which like normal. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. But um, yeah, she was like, she listened to the show, which usually I don't let any female friends why would they it's freaking right. new japan and right like remarks and you know plus that you know so yeah I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway so like she listened to it and she was like your show's pretty good now and like she hates wrestling hates it and i was like really and she was like yeah you're funny and i was like what <laughs> and i was like how I was like I don't, like when I listen to our show right listeners because we do listen to the show because yeah. we're, we're marks for ourselves. Dude, I'm a big mark for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's the first thing I, uh, Tuesday morning. I'm, I'm a fan too. I'm listening to our show. No, the real reason I listen to it is because I want to see like where we suck, where we can improve, and yeah. then also I forget, bro. This is cathartic for me. Like, dude, yeah, I forget. I don't remember what we talk about. It's like I don't know if you've ever had like a situation where you're like, I'm gonna write it all down. And I'm gonna send it to them. That'll show them. Or like, I love you so much. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So you, you write it all down. And you whatever. You get rid of it, and then it's just gone. Well, that's what it's like with New Japan. Like when we do this show, I literally don't remember. I'm like, I either feel like that show was good, or that show sucked. Yeah. But I never really remember unless I listen to the show. But yeah, she told me that I was the funny one, and she said like, we need to call this show, you know, talk as young boy. Like, <laughs> The young boy report. Yeah. So, I mean, bro, if this works out, like, might have a Mark girlfriend. You got to get a Mark girlfriend. Yeah. Mixed tag team match to the death. (laughs) Oh, man. Loser leaves the apartment. (laughs) Loser leaves the territory. Yeah. And I'm booking. (laughs) I got creative control, pal. AKA half the rent. I got, I got that. I got that Brock Lesnar contract. <laughs> but actually, that's me. I only show up when I want to. Here, I'm not even here half the time. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So back to this uh, Naito and Tamatonga match. Ten minutes forty six seconds. Naito defeats Tamatonga. I'll I'll say this. A couple things about the match. Yes, I think it's Tamatonga's best match of the tournament. No, I don't think it's a great match. It was solid. I thought that the beginning started pretty hot. Yeah. Then in the middle, it was like, this is a regular Tamatonga match. Then the ref bump happens, and the whole thing heats up. And I was like, this is how you do ref bumps. I think I would have liked this more had they not been getting DQ'd the entire freaking tournament leading up to it. Yeah, I think if they had, like, kind of paced themselves with the interference and the DQs, a lot of their interference stuff would come off better, especially here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Tonga, he, he reversed the Destino uh, by throwing Naito into the ref. Then you had Tonga Loa come out for the run-in. Then Evil came out. Then Fale came out. Bushi came out. Spit the miss in Fale's face. I was good to see some. It was good to see some continuity between Bushi and yeah, uh, Fale. And their, Fale. Their rivalry, yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, he had a suicide dive on Loa. And then Naito hit an Insiguri. 
Try to Destino, got Connor with a low blow, but then Naito returns a low blow and finishes things off with Destino. Yeah, I think that at the end, this crowd in particular really, really liked the uh, the, run-ins. the run-in stuff. Yeah, and it made more sense. I think uh, we've talked about this before. Like some of these guys are getting ran in on, and it's like if you're watching tape and you know you're gonna go up against Tamatanga, why? And you're in a faction. Everybody in New Japan's in a faction. Right. Why don't you got your boys on standby? Right. Be like, yo, why don't you second me for this match? You know, um, I Lo- love I love seconds. Lo- like- Loa's going to be out there. is going to be prowling around. Like, I need you out here. Bro, the old school wrestling fan in me, the 1970s, 1980s Purarezu fan in me is like, why don't we see more seconds? And not only that, why aren't they in jumpsuits? <laughs> 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 I'm a big fan of seconds coming out in jumpsuits. But, yeah. And, it, you know, it's funny. It's L.I.J. Think right. about that. Yeah. Like, Bushi, what are you doing back there? Like, No, what I mean is, how many times have, have L.I.J. let this man Naito oh, down this year? Yeah, dude. L.I.J. is the worst. They're like, the worst. Naito got jumped by Jericho twice this year. And L.I.J. has just been, like, chilling. Yeah. It took forever to come out. If I was Naito, I would have had one of them second me to that match. Maybe yeah. I'd still have the IC title. Right. You know? But, um, yeah. So, I mean, but all these other pe- all these other fools, you know, they're wrestling Tamatanga. They all got crews. None of them, you know, got boys on standby. Naito's like, screw that. Bushi, get ready. Evil, Evil get, get ready. ready. Yeah. Where was Sonata? Well, he had a match later on. Nah. He's dead to me. <laughs> He's not ride or die, bro. <laughs> Oh, but um, yeah, this this was very. I I liked the ending. I also liked Naito low blowing Tamatanga. Um, you know, I thought that was a nice like little added touch. Like you know, this dude's tranquilo, tranquilo. I don't know. I tranquilo. I suck at Spanish. <laughs> I'm literally Mexican and Puerto Rican, and I cannot speak Spanish. I can order food. That's about it. <laughs> that's but, the important thing, right? Yeah, it is, especially here. Yeah. Um. Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think it was good. Uh, obviously, Naito's a guy that I think I can see going to the finals, maybe even winning the whole thing. So him getting this win here was necessary. I am kind of wondering, though. I'm like, what's... Is, is Tamatanga, like, ready for a push after this? Or what's going on? You know, this guy's, like, losing pretty much everything. I know. It's, it's been a weird... It pu- is weird. It's, it's like a double push. It's like a push and not push at the same time. Because if you look at the undercard and the tag matches, G.O.D. is undefeated right now in tag matches. As so, such, they should be. They're former at, champions, you know. They're, right. they're a real established tag team. Right. So as a tag unit, they're getting pushed. They're be, they're winning their tag matches quickly, and they're undefeated. But then you flop to the singles matches, and they're losing. Yeah. So it's really weird. I will say this. The um, interferences from Tangaloa are getting better. They're not as, like, obvious. Like, he's getting better in that role, as weird as that sounds, in my opinion. I think they're getting more creative, doing things that are a little more less obvious, a little more subtle, until, you know, the big spot comes at the end where they, you know, blow up the match. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was glad that this didn't end in a freaking DQ. Yeah, at least we got a finish here. We got a finish. finish. Uh, You know, for those of you, how many matches are they in now? Uh, this was their, I mean, oh, like overall. Mm-hmm. I think they've all had like five matches. Okay, so uh, just for everyone who's keeping record, uh, Tamatanga's uh, record right now is zero and five. What I mean by that, I'm not talking about his match win versus losses. I'm talking about great match counter 2018. <laughs> Tamatanga, 0 for five. Will we get one in this tournament? 
this was a probably a, a pretty good opportunity for it, right? Yeah. I mean, he's had I mean, Omega, Sonata, he just wrestled Naito. Like, who's the guy left? Ibushi? He's also wrestled Ibushi. Ishii. Uh, Ishii. Well, those are two guys to have bangers with, but I bet I, I, I want to see both of them like F this dude up. Has he wrestled Goto yet? Are those like his last three? I think so, yeah. Oh, he's got, he's screwed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, moving on, uh, we got Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Pro Wrestling Master. Yes, ZSJ. Hey, yeah. hot take. Yeah. I think Zack Sabre Jr. should definitely, and not even like, oh, maybe, I think definitely at this point, he needs to be in the running for our Carl Gotch Strong Style Wrestler of the Year award. Mm. And you know, we uh, a lot of like modern fans when we think about strong style, we think about your Ishii's, your Suzuki's, the guys that are out here just freaking brutalizing people, you know what I mean? Yes. But there's a philosophical aspect to what strong style is supposed to be and nobody outside of maybe Suzuki, nobody in New Japan exemplifies strong style. In, in the philosophical sense, the way that Zack Sabre is. Not only that, he's having bangers all tournament. Yes, he is. And he is wrestling a freaking hard style. Yeah, I mean, this was another banger here. Yes. Ishii. And again, with Sabre's style, you would think it doesn't it wouldn't mesh with um, Ishii's styles. But their styles, they come together perfectly. You know, we saw them, yep. we saw them wrestle live uh, WrestleMania weekend yep. at Rev Pro, great and match. that was a great match. It's on, it's on uh, New Japan World if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and so just seeing the rematch here, you can probably see us. We're up, we're, we're the ones in the red shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, another great match here, matchup between these two guys here. This and is their fourth match. Yeah, they wrestled uh, last year during the G1 uh, tournament in the U.S. for the G1 special in the USA. Yep. They wrestled again last year on the final night of uh, the G1 um, last year, and then they had the the, the you know the rubber match in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. We were there, and now this is their fourth match. And you then know, they, you got the tag team stuff. Yeah, with, the tag team um, stuff's been awesome. Ishii and Okada against uh, Suzuki and Saber. And when you talk about opponents that are in my top like five of Zack Saber, Ishii's in that list, man, because they've never had a bad match. They've never had a match that wasn't great. Yeah. And this is a great one. Well, Ishii, he's just one of the MVPs in this tournament right now. I think, I think like, aside from the win-loss, like, he's one of the MVPs. Well, as far as match quality. He might be the guy. All of his matches have been four stars and above. Not the, not the Yano well, match. Well, except the Yano match. But, yes, I see what you, and even that was probably one of the best Yano matches of the tournament. Right. Although, Zack Sabre's having a really good tournament. These are he two, is, too, yeah. yeah. So this this match was I don't know if it was my favorite of the night. I'm trying to remember if it was or not, but it I mean if it wasn't it was right there basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this well, you know, the main event was very good. The main event was very good. Yeah. But I think personally, just because of my style of fandom, I think I like the Ishii Zack Saber match better. Personally. Yeah. Although if someone made an argument for the main event, we'll get to it. I really wouldn't be that surprised. Like, I'm not going to argue over it, but I loved this match. Yeah, I mean, it's another great match. Um, a lot of hard strikes back and forth between these guys. Ishii with several headbutts. Uh, Zach playing submissions, kicks, PKs, European uppercuts. You know, you go towards the end, end of the match. Um, 
Ishii blocks a small package. Saber tries, uh, but Saber he tries with a brain buster. Saber escapes, looks for the Zack driver. Ishii hits a headbutt, but Saber counters, locks on the triangle. Ishii fights. He starts to fade. He fires up one last time, but ZSJ keeps the hole on, and Ishii taps out. Which is crazy, especially in commentary. They were like, I don't, I, I don't think I can ever recall Ishii tapping out. And here we go. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, what one of my things with Ishii, and we've said it before. Um, I've heard people like all throughout this tournament, different commentators, podcasters, fans, talk about how great certain guys are at selling, like Goto. Omega, different things like that. And those are valid points. I'm not taking that away. But for my money, the best seller in New Japan Pro Wrestling is Ishii. Yes. A lot of people say, oh, he no-sells. At certain points, yes, he will no-sell a move. But majority of the match, he does sell. He doesn't no-sell in the sense of, like, he's doing an Ultimate Warrior or a Sting power-up where he's going to power through the moves and then, you know, work his big Hogan comeback spot. No, what happens is he takes mad punishment, powers through it, takes more punishment, and then all of a sudden, he starts bumbling. <laughs> I know, it's like um, in the Ibushi match, I mean, like, he would take like a big kick oh. to the chest, but then he closed on Ibushi and then he would go back to selling the chest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in this match, um, you know, he was killing Zack Sabre. Oh, yeah. There was times where he had Zack against the ropes and he was doing that chop, forearm, chop, chop. forearm combo. I love that combo. I do too. I I really, really, really dug this match. I thought him and Zack worked really well together. Uh, one thing that, that also sold me and has been selling me is when... Ishii gets in these submission holds and he gets tied up in ways that the body looks like it shouldn't be getting tied up. Yeah. He finds a way to get the ropes and it's so <laughs> it is so dramatic the way he does it. Like, because his legs really aren't that long, so he's stretching. Right. Like, I mean, he's yeah, he's got that short, stocky body, oh so my he, God. he doesn't have the length like other guys do getting to the ropes. For a dude that you're not used to seeing put in like a emasculated sort of position like that, for him to like have to struggle and then when and then when he gets up he's pissed and he beats the <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> Zack Sabre uh, um, th- these guys are just gold man gold you know this match high recommendation I really yes. really really liked yes. it and then I was bro I lost my mind when Ishii tapped dude that was a wild moment yeah like it's you don't it's almost like it, seeing Cena tap out. I mean, it's New Japan though, so we talked about we've talked about this in previous episodes. But I mean, people can tap out, people right. can get knocked out, people can get refs stopped. It happens, and guess what? They come back the next night. They keep ticking. You know what I mean? Like right. they didn't get buried. They're not getting de-pushed. It's just it's sports. People lose. On this night, Zach was the better wrestler. Right. He didn't cheat either. And I mean, these guys go, they've kind of gone back and forth in their rivalry. So we've seen them both take punishment from each other and beat each other. And we both know, depending <clears throat> whoever the better man on that night, either one of them could lose. This match needs to be for the junior title. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm kind of joking because they're both in the heavyweight division and fans think of them as heavyweights, but right. this could easily be it been a junior match because of both of their weights, yeah. For for lofty dreams that are never going to occur in our lifetime, I'm going to keep pushing for this Ishii junior run until he is remembered as the greatest junior title. Liger who? <laughs> Dragon who? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Screw those guys. It's about Ishii. It's about his, the Stone Pitbull. It's about the Stone Pitbull, the greatest junior heavyweight champion in IWGP history. And it starts with his dismantling of Zack Sabre Jr., that skinny little win. <laughs> no, Zack was great in this match, man. Yeah. For, for If we got listeners who are still not sold on this guy. I don't know how. The Sonata match. The, I know how. You, you're not watching him. It's yeah. like those people who don't like the Young Bucks because they're spot monkeys and all this because crap. Because they, they, see, the, they see the gifts and they're like, oh, they do too many, too many flips and too many super kicks. It's like, bro, if you watch a Young Bucks, Young Bucks match from start to beginning, you will see how great their matches are. How great it's selling, psychology, just a uh, flow of match. I got this man started on the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, dude, you know me, I love me some young bucks. So, so this, but this was great. And uh, Zack Sabre picks up two very desperately needed points. I think he's been down so far in the tournament. So, great match. And um, that brings us to Juice Robinson and Kenny. Yeah, speaking of a guy Mega. who's desperate for points, Juice Oof. Robinson, the IWGP US champion. Let's start off with some bad predictions, okay? So I keep taking a lot of credit for talking about how I kind of thought that Jay White would be the uh, the MVP of the, of the A block. And I did say that. But one thing I keep forgetting to mention to our fans and listeners, when we got posed that same question and I said who I thought would be the dude in B block, I started to say Juice, but then I took it back and I said Tamatanga. Both of those things were pretty much wrong. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> not only that, I also predicted a Juice victory here. <laughs> what were you gonna say? At least I what? At least Juice is having good matches. He is. I mean, can, is this dude gonna have bad matches? No. Nah. So yeah, we have Juice Robinson and Kenny Omega here. Juice walking to this match, zero and three, no points. He beat Omega last year in the G1, which was a big upset victory, and he got a U.S. title match against Omega after that. Yep. Um, so the kind of story here was: well, would he be able to pull the miracle out again and beat Kenny like he did last year? You know what's funny? Juice and um. Yoshihashi, those are like two guys who like their big signature G1 wins are both over Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. It's like that's their their shining moments, you know, in tournament history. And uh, yeah, they were hoping maybe Juice could do it again. I mean, he like you said, he desperately, desperately needed the win here. And um, this match was very good. Um, this was a good night. I mean, yeah. uh, just another B-block night that was good. You know, the Ishii match with Zach, and then we got this Juice-Kenny match. Very different types of matches, but um, I liked that Kenny went after the hand. Oh, yeah. No mercy, man. Kenny's been been doing some, like, heel tactics. And I, I don't know if you noticed, like, Goto and Goto's doing heel tactics. Yeah. Naito. I mean, not, you know, Naito's not a pure babyface, but a lot of guys that maybe aren't always, like, that desperate. You Like, at this point in the tournament, you're seeing a lot of viciousness come out of these guys because they know that they got to... They gotta do what it. T- they gotta do what it takes to get the job done. Right, especially Kenny Omega here. He knows anybody that beats him can challenge for um, a title. The title later on. Yep. And then plus two. I mean, right now he's undefeated. He wants to remain undefeated. He's cheating. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, cheating. He's cheating. <laughs> Using that uh, psychology. But what did you think of this match overall? What stuck out to you? I thought it was a very good match. You know, back and forth. Uh, 
guess, you know, Juice is just will to win, man. He was fight. He didn't give up, man. He was just fighting back and fighting back and fighting back throughout this match. Mm-hmm. And Omega really had to try hard to, like, cool down the fire that Juice would bring it to him. That's a good way to put it. There's a lot of times where Kenny will wrestle a very frantic pace. Keep the energy high, keep the pace high, mm-hmm. and it was like Juice was trying to set the pace for the majority right, of the yeah. match. I felt, yeah, I felt like Juice could, like, just kept coming at him, kept coming at him, and then almost kind of forcing Kenny to like step things up to like use his psychology yeah. <laughs> and the, what was it the uh, the, the will, will to, to win, win. <laughs> his will to yeah. win. Oh my god! But yeah, um, and then you know eventually like. Juice tried to go for pulp friction, and then he just started eating V-triggers. V-trigger after V-trigger after V-trigger. My God. <laughs> yeah, and then he started getting German suplexed and dragon suplexed and yeah. just murdered. And Kenny really was brutalized. Like, that's the thing about Kenny Omega. Kenny is a cool wrestler, and he's athletic and all that. But the thing that really – that why I like Kenny Omega, it's not his death-defying stunts. It's that he freaking murders people with his knees. He just, <laughs> he bludgeons people with V-triggers, and yeah. it's freaking awesome. It's amazing. Like, he, he really, like, like hurts people. It, I mean, not for real, for real, but, like, kayfabe, and maybe a little bit in real life, he's kicking the crap out of people. Oh, yeah. And they had a great spot here, which was a callback from last year. Yes. Kenny yes, goes yes, for yes. the one-wing angel, Juice reverses into a, a, a victory roll, which yeah. is how he won last year. Um, but Kenny kicked out. Yeah. He learned from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then B-Trigger, one-wing angel. Yep, finished it. Um, good match. I wouldn't call it a great match, but for for its placement in the night, where we're at in the tournament, I thought it was very good. Yeah. I was heartbroken for my boy Juice. Yeah, man. That pushed him to 0-4. I mean, it's not that I thought he was going to beat Kenny, but I just was like, I was like, Four losses for the U.S. champion. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, were predicting that Juice was going to do better this year just because he was a champion and that he would get a little bit stronger booking. But he's got five more matches. He's got to win all of them just to end up with 10 points. And yeah. it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah. And again, I'm like at that point where it's like so... Kenny gets a title shot. Naito gets a title shot. Abushi gets a title <laughs> shot. Yano. Yeah. Like, he's going to have to defend the crap out of this belt. Like, who's even going to want it is my question. Right. When you're when the guy who's representing it, like, you know, um, he is having good matches. But, you know, for there's a lot of naysayers talking about look at where that belt was when Kenny had it. And then look at where the belt is now. Jay has it. And, like, it, the title doesn't mean anything, yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, look at where it's at midway through the G1. Well, It hasn't even been defended yet. I will say this in defense of Juice, and I think the commentary has done a great job of this, mm. the hand. Yeah. The hand is still 70% healed. He still has a cast on it. And they have been used saying, like, you know, if his hand was healed, what could happen? Because, you know, he hits that combo with a big left punch. He has not been able to use that combo. I think, too, another part of it is, uh, you know, that old adage that there's money in the chase. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, you get a really hot baby face and putting the title on them, unless you have something very compelling, you know, it's not always going to be a great title reign. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. unless certain situations, it does depend. It's not always the case, but I mean, you know, it's not like... 
Bruno coming in and beating off the evildoer every month. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like that. Yeah. So I am wondering if they're like setting this up for Juice to maybe in short order drop the title so that he can redeem himself again. Or it could just be like a setup where every title match you're like, oh, it's Juice. Like it makes him the underdog. Even though he's a champion, it makes him the underdog every match. Like, that's, a, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. So it's like, he defends the title like, oh, well, he lost to this dude in the G1. Is he really going to win? Look at these analytics. And then he wins. The show. Oh, my God. <laughs> these are, this is some in-depth crap. There's a lot of other things that other shows are talking about. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're talking about... We're talking about the matches. The analytics, baby. We're talking about the star ratings. The story. The stories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was really good. Um, so yeah, Juice... Man, Juice got his heart broken again, and Kenny goes on, and he's 4-0 at this point in the tournament. And uh, eight points. Easy eight. Yeah. A cool eight. Just sliding in the... <laughs> And then uh, that brought us to our main event, Sonata versus Kota Ibushi. And I love this match. I, I want to give props to Sonata. I feel like he's really stepped his game up for this tournament, and he's been having some great matches. You know, when I watch Sonata, in so many ways, I think he's just such a throwback. When I watch him, I'm like, he is the evolution and, and the epitome of the old... Uh, New Japan style. He's just, he reminds me of Chono. He reminds me of Muto. To some degree, he reminds me of Hashimoto. Not necessarily in the moves or the mannerisms, but in the pacing of his storytelling. Mm-hmm. He is at a higher athletic level, and it, it, he's he's not pigeonholed into this role, but he is like, you know, the embodiment of what the old New Japan like wrestling style from the 90s is, except he, he's brought it to a new level. And, like, if you notice, he does wrestle to some degree sometimes a slower style. Yeah, he does, yeah. That's it. That just, when I, it just screams 1990s New Japan to me all day, like heavyweight style New Japan. But he's so fantastic with it, the athletic things he does, the psychology behind his matches. He's a really complete performer right now. Yeah, he is. And, um, and I thought Kota Ibushi was an incredible foil. Oh, yes. Ibushi, I mean, he's another guy that's been having an amazing G1 this year. Mm-hmm. All great matches. Mm-hmm. And I believe that... Um, he could also be like in contention for being the MVP right now. Yeah. Um, I believe this night was in the hometown of both Sonata and Ibushi. I know definitely Sonata, but I think it was... Was it Ibushi's hometown also? You know, I didn't really do research like that look at these analytics we're so good <laughs> no but i know for sure but th- th- this crowd was super 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 yeah. into sonata so i kind of i know thought- for sh- i know for sure it was sonata's hometown but okay i think it might have been abushi's too because it was a kind of a big dueling chant at the beginning but i feel like they were in his hometown his hometown <laughs> you're gonna get buried in your hometown <sighs> gonna humble you pal <laughs> why do they always make people lose in their hometown I've heard different things from different people. You know, a lot, a lot of it is the home, the humble thing, you know. They want to put you over in your hometown, like humble you, beat you in your hometown in front of your friends and family. He's going to come out in his hometown, and he's going to lose, damn it. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> and if, they're, if they're not losing, they're kissing Vince's ass. Well, that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, or, you know. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ask JR, but every time they're in Oklahoma, like, Ugh. something horrible always happened to the good old JR. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Sonata's in his hometown, and he had a banger. Yes, man, this was a great matchup, man. Just 
high-flying stuff, springboards, Pele kicks. I mean, these are two of the most versatile guys in the tournament, by the way, you know, in terms of being able to have great matches with other people. Um, they bring a, a lot of different types of things to the to the table. One thing also um, was Kotobushi. We read those statements that he had earlier where he said Sonata was a guy that he was he'd never faced. He was looking forward to facing him, and he was really wanting to bring something special out of him in this match. And yeah. I kind of think he did. I think he did too. I mean, Sonata had a lot of great counters into the skull end in this match. Uh, yeah. There was one point he countered the golden triangle mm-hmm. and got him in a skull in. Um, and then, yeah, man, it's a lot of hard strikes, you know, suplexes. Um, yeah, man, it's great stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, basically, you know, after like a striking exchange between these two guys, they're both exhausted. Um, Abushi hits him with the lariat, hits the last ride for a great near fall. Two and point nine, two point nine. You know. Yeah. Um, Abushi looks for the Kamigoye. Sonata counters out into a skull end and then a draping netbreaker for two. Uh, he hits him. He, he take. He gets him in a skull end again. Sonata drops down. Um, Abushi fights. He starts fading out and tries to fight out one last time. He's. A, it looks like he's about to fade out. Sonata yeah. just lets go of him. Goes up. Hits that Muda Moonsault. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. For the shock upset victory. Yeah, it's a huge win. I think a lot of people were predicting Ibushi to win this matchup. But yeah, man, the Cold Skull, Sonata. In the main event. In the main event, yeah. Main event matchup here. Gets the win in his hometown. Gets those needed two points. I think this is one of the biggest wins he's had since, uh, was it, I think I believe it was Tanahashi he beat a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, this was great stuff here. You know, great athleticism. Sonata looked great. Kota Ibushi made him look like a star. Kota Ibushi was excellent in this match. This match was a mix of everything. You had grappling. You had high flying. You had some brawling, striking. So, yeah, great stuff here. It was really, really good. And high drama. Um, well, I mean, Sonata was almost out of there several times, and, yeah, he picked up the win here. So uh, that's going to put the cap on night eight. So now we're moving on to night nine, and this is A block. And I'm just going to say from right now, from the jump, honestly, I was not in love with night nine. I thought you were going to say something like, I did not watch this. Let's move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I was I, like, you told me you watched it, man. No, no, yeah. I watched everything, but I don't know, man. Night. It was a weak night. It was yeah. a weak night. Now, the, it wasn't like pitiful. Right. But, man, when you come off those B-block shows and then you go to these A-block shows, I don't know, man. And I'm sorry. Like, I don't I don't want to be, you know, negative Nancy here, but I'm, I'm just saying. You watch the B-block and you, you get these, you know, f- over four-star matches to the most most of the card. And then... So now, I haven't... We haven't watched Night 11 yet, so I can't speak to that. But I would say the only really, truly great match there have been good matches but like we're talking really great match from the entire a block this tournament is still to me tanahashi and suzuki Suzuki. yep that's the only thing that's comparable to what we've seen in the b block we've had some good matches don't get me wrong there's guys putting in great performances but there's not a plethora of great matches yeah there's there's just not yeah and and it and also this character work and this storytelling it's not making up for it I watch my G1s for for snowflakes, baby. Okay? <laughs> I watch them for star ratings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So uh, let's get started with this first match. So we had Michael Elgin versus uh, Minoru Suzuki, which you would think, you would think, right, that these two guys put together would create magic almost every time. Yeah, but they don't. They don't. I mean, this was good. This was like three stars, you know. You know what I think it is? I think Suzuki's just super rad, and Michael Elgin just sucks. <laughs> oh, man. And Suzuki doesn't respect him, and he is like, this gaijin... Nah, hold this elbow. <laughs> Let's go outside. I'm going to stall you a little bit, kid. No, I'm just playing. Uh, you know, Suzuki's a big Twitter, like, you know, fiend. And everybody, everyone knows that he's got a really interesting Twitter. He probably heard about what's going on with Elgin over the past year. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm not helping your career in any way. Go into this guardrail. Take these chairs. <laughs> Oh, Take man. this hold. He did say in the the uh, the previous night's promo, who was like, um, Elgin, I'm going to pile drive you, make your neck shorter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I, I love Suzuki's promos. I'm going to run you all over after this match. Yeah. He said he was going to stab Jay White, White in, in the, the head. head. <laughs> Who's ever next? I'm going to stab them in the head. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, you know, this... And now, don't get me wrong, guys. This... And anyone who's like, did he just say Michael Elgin sucks? I knew he didn't like him. I was, I was just being facetious, guys. Comedy. Dude, we were putting Michael Elgin over last last week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were. But, um, you know, him and Suzuki, they had, a, they had a match. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I did like it better than their never open weight title match from last year, which was awful. Um... It's just so weird that they they don't have great matches together because you I really do do think that when you put these two guys together it should just be money but it's really hasn't been right and I mean Elgin's been one of the guys in A Block that's been having a lot of great matches so yeah I don't know what happened He's here getting tired man that keto diet it's not enough energy <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah but um. You know, long story short, there was a lot of brawling on the outside. There was, you know, some good strike exchanges. Uh, but at the end of the day, nothing really compelling here. Uh, Suzuki ended up, uh, you know, getting the guillotine, the sleeper, and the gotch for the win. Yeah, he, he filled his promise that he was going to pile drive Elgin, and that's what he did. So... And that brings Suzuki to two points. Uh, Elgin, who had a very promising start to the tournament, is, you know, at another point deficit after this match. So, I mean, what's he, he only has two wins, right? I believe so, yeah. Man, four points for Michael Elgin. That seems crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's still still some time for him to get some points. Am I wrong on that? Is he only at four points? Um, I'm looking. No, you're right. Yeah, four points, man. Two wins and three losses. This was his third loss. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So that's a little surprising. But, uh, yeah, so Suzuki picks up the win. Um, that brought us to the next match, Adam Page, Hangman Page. Hangman Pagey. Hangman Pagey. And uh, Eva. Everything is Eva. So Evil and uh, Hangman Page, which for my money was the match of the night. Yes. This and I liked it. Yes, this was a really good match. And it had evil. <laughs> uh, and it was good. Yes, this was good It stuff. was really good. Yeah, man. Hangman Page, man. He the three and a half star savior. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, no, Hangman has just been... He's still like my one of my MVPs of the tournament. Uh, I think last week we were saying what? That it was Elgin? I believe. In the A block? Yeah. Yeah. But with this, like, Adam Page might start to pass him because he's just having great... He's putting on almost everyone's best matches with them. 
yeah, he's he's having a great performances night in and night night out. Um, up here, he was against evil. He's killing uh, himself to do it too. Yeah, he's doing some crazy <laughs> crap. Yeah, even the shooting star uh, press shoulder block thing that he always does. Not only just that, like he's taking like a lot of extra risks, a lot of extra chances in the, these matches. Yeah, the moon salt. Um, he's been doing almost a similar like golden triangle moon salt. Oh yeah, but off the top rope. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always dope. Um, so yeah, Adam Page is great here. I thought Evil was very very good. I thought these guys had a lot of chemistry, which I was surprised by. Not that like you know Evil's bad, but like I don't know. I it when you talk about fantasy matchups or you know hypotheticals that are going to happen in this tournament that you're excited about. I mean, who would have like would you have been like oh I can't wait to see this Hangman Evil match? <laughs> no, not at all. But it was good. Yeah, it was really good. And then um, it had a really good closing stretch. Uh, Evil hits the darkness falls, uh, but Hangman kicks out. Uh, Hangman fights off everything. It's Evil and hits a super kick. Um, they start trading clothesline. Page counters for the German and then hits the buckshot lariat for a near fall. Uh, he looks for the rite of passage. Uh, evil counters, hits a headbutt and a lariat for a near fall, and then he hits the everything is evil and connects and gets the one, two, three. Evil gets those points, climbs to eight points. He's a point leader. Yeah. In the A block. Yep. So that's that's impressive. Page again, very impressive in another great very enjoyable match. Uh, he's one of the guys that is making the most of, you know, G1. These G1 spots are becoming more and more precious each and every year. And, you know, some of these guys, you can't you can't just be putting on lackluster performances, especially if you're Hangman Page. Right. Especially if you're not a dojo boy. You're not a company man. You're a gaijin from Ring of Honor. You gotta, you gotta do what this guy's doing, and he's doing it each and every night. And he's a guy where I'm like, he better be in the G1 next year. Oh, yeah. In December, we were talking about, like, hey, this guy's, like, pretty good, and, like, people are not talking about it, but I never would have been like, hey, man, needs to be in the G1. He needs to be in the G1. <laughs> I would have been like, Kitamura needs to be in the G1. <laughs> <laughs> Which, where's that guy anyways? Dude, I almost forgot about <laughs> Really? I think about him every day. <laughs> Not a day goes by. I'm on Kitamura Watch 24-7. I'm waiting for his... Waiting evo- for his signs. I'm waiting for his evolution. <laughs> evolution is a I mystery. Miss- that word evolution's being thrown around a lot in the yeah. wrestling world. They're all in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Adam Page is doing a great job. Evil picks up eight points. And uh, that brings us to uh, the match that I think most people are most excited for this entire tournament. Uh... Uh, Jay White and Bad Luck Fale Switchblade I almost said Slingblade Switchblade Switchblade, Jay White and Bad Luck Fale And uh, Bad Match Fale The Underboss Yeah Uh, uh, I'm sorry guys but This match was horrible This match stunk You thought so? Yeah, man. Like, I was kind of into it. I don't know, man. I was the whole time I was watching it. I was like, I had like my Rich Latta voice, like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what are these guys doing? Lowering the star average out here, bringing down the average." <laughs> Freaking Jay White. <laughs> Freaking dusty old Jay White. 
my god. Hey, 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 okay. Before we get into how terrible it is, let's talk about some positives, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Jay White was good in this match. Yes. Jay White did everything that he possibly could do to have a decent match given the circumstances with uh, Bad Luck Fale. That's not fan service because I like Jay White because I'm still kind of mixed on the guy. Yeah. But I will say this. He was trying really hard to do it the best he could given the circumstances. But, um, yeah, this was pretty bad, but I, I found it more like an oddity. Like, it wasn't like I thought that this match was excellent or anything, but I, I was kind of engrossed by it because I was like, well, you got these two guys that are just like both, you know, cheating really bad, but on opposite ends of the spectrum where Jay White really wants the points and <laughs> wants to be the leader. Fale just doesn't care. F him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And um, they, they, I thought it was interesting. They did a lot of brawling in the crowd. They did a lot. There was a lot of and just it, shenanigans. You know, you know what else I think hurt this match was um, the, the commentary feed went out uh, when uh, Jay White threw uh, Balak Fale into that in the, into the guardrail on the table. I felt like that lended itself to the match personally. I yeah. felt like, you know, like it added to the chaos of the match and like the fact like that whole it was like a spectacle of right. cheating. Yeah. It was a cheating spectacle. It wasn't like a great match, but it was just like a lot of like shenanigans and tomfoolery. Like it was just you know, it was what it was. I wasn't expecting more than what we got. And I wasn't disappointed because when you aim low, you're never disappointed. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I really wasn't disappointed by I mean, this I didn't I didn't have High, I don't have high expectations for any bad luck Fale match, but you had, you know, we just had that great evil Hangman Page match, and then it was like crap. Like, why couldn't this match be like the first match? I just, I literally think that Jay White did everything he could to have as good of a match with Fale as he possibly could. Yeah. And then the finish came, and I wasn't even really that mad about the finish because even though the bull, you know, the the firing squad, the OG Bullet Club came in and cheated. It's like, well, you know, Jay kind of deserves this. Right. After every all the crap he's been getting away with and pulling, it was kind of like a, a comeuppance in yeah. a way. And I think that was the most interesting thing here, you know, Jay White has beaten Okada, and in his mind, he's the leader of chaos, but where are all the chaos guys to help him here? Not one. Yeah. And, you know, um, I haven't been watching all the undercard matches because, like I said, I barely got through these G1 nights. Um, I'm going to try to do better just because I enjoy the undercard, like I said, but I just haven't had time for it. But he's been letting uh, Kamatsu get pinned. Yeah. I mean, I forget which night it was, but. Three nights. Yeah. I mean. He did it during the Suzuki night. And then these last two. The uh, Hangman night, he literally watched Yo get right of passage. And, yep. And just watched him get pinned. He's done it three times now on on this tour where he's watched this dude get pinned and like could have broke up the pin and didn't do it. So it's like Rocky's pissed at him. Yo's yo, pissed at you know, him. You know Goto and, and Ishii are not boys with this, this dude, man. If I'm Yo, I'm like, dude, what, like, can somebody else team with this guy? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, I'm excited for like Trent to come back to see like what the best friend's interactions with him will be like because I'm sure that they're not like cool with this dude um i did think also for people that were talking about like jay white potentially breaking off and becoming like the leader 
of the Bullet Club, I saw people that were like hypothesizing like, oh, this will be like, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe like a finger poke of doom sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't that. He actually almost won too. Like yeah. he was he, he was cheating too. And like he almost got, yeah. the, got the victory on all three dudes. So right. I think he still looks strong, but you're right. Like the numbers game caught up with him and he, he has no backup. Yeah. And what was the whole point of joining Chaos in the beginning? To have backup. To have backup. Because he screwed Kenny Omega over. And that was the whole point. And this guy just keeps, you know, screwing over his whole crew. So it's like, how are you going to be the leader of a, of a faction when the whole faction hates you? Right. Who? And then I've had people ask, like, well, what's he going to do after this? Like, who's he going to take over? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Because people, people do see him in that light where they think he's going to be the leader of a faction. Of something. Well, I was, I'm like, I don't know. He, he might he, need to form one. Yeah, he was. He would have to start his own faction because I don't see him bring in juicy, juicy Gambino, <laughs> bring in Slex, <laughs> bring in some MCW boys. Yeah. Money don't kneel, you know. Well, but uh, Gambino, Gambino's part of the Bullet Club. No, he's not. He's part of the. Uh, is he OG or is he's he part of the firing squad? Is he? <laughs> Fale gave Fale gave that man a shirt. You keep laughing at this. There, there's oh footage. God. There's footage of Bad Luck Fale giving Juicy Gino Gambino a Bullet Club shirt. So you're saying he's not being? He's not part of the elite? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Do you think that like in MCW he's like repping the uh, Bullet Club? I'm sure he is. <laughs> he probably probably has it on his singlet. Have a shirt every night. Why are you night? saying you're sure? You're sure he is. Like you have no clue. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like that. There's a Bullet Club Australia. Like yeah. Like like he started his own like offshoot. Yeah, like Bullet Club Juicy. My God. <laughs> yeah, that's just what this company needs. A third NWO, right? <laughs> My NWOB team. So anyways, um, Bad Luck Fale ended up, uh, I mean, take us to the finish. What happened here? Yeah, so um, there was a draping DDT for a near fall um, by Jay White. Fale fights out of Saito suplex. White goes back to attacking the knee. Fale fires up with a shoulder tackle and hits the corner with a splash and then a running splash. Uh, White fights out of the Bad Luck Fall and then hits a Saito suplex, which was a cool spot. Uh, yep. Fale counters out of the Blade Runner and dun dun dun. Ref bump. bump. Then we got uh, Loa in for the attack. Tama comes out, looks at the gun stun. White fights them off of a chair. Low blow to Fale, but then a gun stun connects and Fale hits the bad luck fall. One, two, three. Fale uh, picks some points up here. You know who looked good in this match? White. You know who looked like a jobber? Fale. What's wrong with that picture? He's a bigger man. Why is Fale like having to... This guy gets 10 to 12 points every year, so I don't get this kind of... It's like he's regressing. I I just don't get it. I don't even know, like, how to really criticize it. I don't... You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm the booker, but it's like... It doesn't make sense. This guy doesn't need... Doesn't need, like... You know what I mean? He doesn't need it. The help. Right. So it's just really weird still. What did you... I mean, I kind of cut you off earlier. Before we move on, bury this crap. All I'm going to say is I don't want to go on too much about about this. but Do all, it. <laughs> do it. All I'm going to say is... Pull out your Triple H. <laughs> pull out the shovel. shovel. All I'm going to say is it's just not a good match. Bury. 
I, I get the storytelling aspects they're trying to do with Jay White and the firing squad. I get that every match of theirs is going to be interference and ref bumps and DQs and, and cheating. But, you know, it's just not for me, like, this matchup. Like you said, I, I my G1, I'm here for snowflakes. I only got one snowflake here. Really? That low? Uh, maybe Maybe two. I mean, I'm not here to, to change your mind on it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm a little surprised, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I just really did not enjoy this match whatsoever. So you think it's like one of the worst matches of the G1 this year? Yeah. Wow. Hot take. <laughs> bang, bang. Shooting on them boys. Bow. If, hey, we have a saying here at Social Suplex. If you're putting out trash, we're going to rip you to bits. And I'm sorry. That's I'm, I'm seeing trash right now. Speaking of trash, Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. So in our main event, we got the ace. No, that's not the main no, event. No, nope, semi-main. Semi-main event, my bad. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of the universe, taking on uh, the Unchained Gorilla, Togi, Togi Makabe. Yeah. Do you think that's like a racist name? <laughs> the Unchained Gorilla, that's not right. Maybe if he was black. Maybe. <laughs> Doesn't that's like yeah, it's like some Joe Frazier stuff and Ali like yeah. calling him a gorilla. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so we got Tanahashi and Makabe here. Uh these guys have met in they've had so many like G one matches over the years, yeah. so many like I mean they're from the same generation, so I mean this is nothing new. Um this was okay, but you know, it just I don't know. For me this never really clicked, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know if, like, maybe, like... They're phoning it in. That's what I was say. Like, maybe both of them kind of felt like they were mailing it in. You know, like we mentioned Makabe, he had a lot of mileage on him. Um, Tanahashi has a lot of mileage on yeah, him. Yeah, and so, I mean, they're, you know... I don't know. I mean, it was it was an okay match. It was okay. I mean, there's nothing really, like... There's nothing detrimental here. I'm not going to bury the match. But... There's nothing that was super compelling. Um, I thought that the spots towards the... I'm always a mark for when Makabe is setting people up for that Spider-German. Oh, I love that Spider-German, yeah. And just, uh, he ended up hitting him with a... Uh, belly to belly, a right? belly to belly off that, and then he, he went for the King Kong and missed. That pretty much spelled the end for him towards the end, basically. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember what happened after that. Base, yeah, he hit him with the belly belly, missed the King Kong knee drop. Um, Tanahashi hit him with the sling blade, gets a one, high fly, high cross, high five flow, connects for the win. One, two, three. You know, it was a decent match, but if you've seen matches between Makabe and Tanahashi, you've seen this one a million right. times. And it's also not even like, you know, like you said, the they best. got mileage. It's not yeah. their best match or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't think they're trying to at this point, really, because. I think they, you know, they've kind of, they're saving that up for, you know, put other guys over to make stars out of other guys. These guys, they're, their rivalry's passed. Their time's passed. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's really no, it's not a special thing right now, you know? Yeah. So then moving on to the main. But, oh. before we move on. Yeah. That put, that gives Tanahashi eight points. Yeah. Puts him in the point lead with Evil. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, an A block after that night, you have, uh, yeah, Evil and Tanahashi both tied four to one, eight points. Yeah. And then our main event, uh, Okada and Yoshihashi. Yeah, the Rainmaker against the Headhunter. Both Chaos guys. Some history here. Uh, Okada faced Yoshihashi when he returned from Excursion. Was that Wrestle Kingdom? Six or seven? Seven or eight. I can't remember. 
something like that. Uh, I think yeah. six. If I'm remembering correctly, <clears throat> I'm gonna say six. You do, you do, you do your thing, Jeremy. I'm gonna look this up. Okay. So yeah, you know they have history. Okada beat Yoshihashi that night, and you know not that great of a match. And then a challenge Tanahashi, and then went on to beat Tanahashi for the belt. And, you know, people were like, you know, who's this Okada guy? And, like, he had that not-so-great match with Yoshihashi, and now he's challenging for the championship. So, yeah, they have their history. And, you know, now they're both chaos. So, you have chaos versus chaos here. And, you know, this was just another... Wrestle Kingdom <clears throat> 6, baby. My mind oh, is a steely trap. You're right. Wrestle Kingdom 6. Well, because I know at Wrestle Kingdom 7, he wrestled Tanahashi, so that just seemed to make the most sense mm-hmm. to me. But, um... Yeah, this was another, you know, this was a good match. I thought it was good. It Um, it wasn't great. You know, I would say it's about on the same level as the Hangman Page and Evil match, but it's Okada in the main event. One thing that's been different about A Block, Okada's been in the main event of every single night except for one. For the entire tour, he's going to be. Yeah. The only main event that he wasn't part of was uh, Jay White and Tanahashi. Right. And it it is just so weird. Uh, One of our listeners, uh, I forget. I wish I would have pulled it up, but one of our listeners, um, I think it was Harrison G. Mm. I could be wrong, but he had mentioned that, you know, because of the storylines that are going with Okada, that he's not really wrestling up to his level because of the character work, Um, which is interesting because one thing that I'm missing a lot from Okada, his matches are good, but you know what we're not getting? We're not getting those classic ending stretch Street, yeah. closes that he's better at than anyone else in the business and to me part of this like when I was it was sinking in while I was watching this match I was like Okada is the best wrestler in the world he can literally make himself a worse wrestler by trying <laughs> like he like he there's so much thought into what he does that even right. when he's not like wrestling up to his level it's on purpose because he's that good it's like he's um like the first like what were they the first he's like this is his first form basically <laughs> he's gone back uh, he's like he's sticking into the first form yeah he went back to his first form and uh he's he's evolving and we're gonna get like second form third form god form like right now <laughs> right now we're, we have first form okada yeah he's uh, super saiyan one right now yeah he's like he's like frieza when he had the horns <laughs> and you're like what's going on with this dude but um I thought that this was an interesting story. I think it was funny that Yoshihashi, before they started the match, said uh, during the, you know, when they asked him about it, he's like, I'm going to win tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And like, Kevin Kelly's like, I think he really thinks that he's going to win. And like, Rocky Romero's like, no, he does. He (laughs) thinks he's going to win. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I thought it was a fine main event. I think it's been just like a lot of Okada's main events. They've been fine. Right, and um, I mean, there were some callbacks to that Wrestle Kingdom 6 match. Okada, he hit a sit-out Rainmaker, which was the original Rainmaker. He used Wrestle Kingdom 6. He's never used it again. Um, huh. But the sit-out version... Um, you know, I was... The way I interpreted it, because I didn't even think of that not, until you just said it, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. I kind of was thinking, like, he was taking some of the impact off because it's his boy. Mm. 
That's the way I was like, he's protecting him. Right. Because he did that, and then he did something else that, oh, he did the, uh, I forget the name of the move, but where he catches the guy on his shoulders and then drops their neck on his knee. And Mm -hmm. he did a sit-out version of that and dropped him straight on the mat. And at first I was like, oh, is that a more vicious version, or is it? trying to be soft on Yoshi. I kind of thought he was taking it easy on the guy a little bit so as not to, like, injure him, like, because it's his teammate, you know? Mm Which might have been his undoing because we kind of seen something similar a couple G1s ago when he lost Ishii and some some of these same story elements and themes came into play. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, that was the very first Rainmaker version he ever used and he's in that match. So that was kind of a callback to that match. He kicked out of that. Honestly, I was kind of surprised because I didn't, I didn't catch that. It was a sit-out. Yeah, it was a sit-out Rainmaker. And when he kicked out, I actually wasn't that surprised because it wasn't the real Rainmaker. Right. And then um, he also hit him with like a 360. Well, Rocky was like, 360 Rainmaker! <laughs> but I, I was like, I don't know if I would call that the Rainmaker, but it was like a version. It was like a discus lariat kind of thing. Yeah, it's like almost like a roaring elbow, but uh, yeah. a, with a Rainmaker. And that didn't put him away either. So I was like, you know... I, I kind of felt like he was doing things to not hurt his boy. Yeah, I feel like he was kind of like trying to prolong this match. Like, I feel like his facial expressions looked like he could end this anytime he wanted to, but he wanted to see like what Yoshihashi was made of. He did kill Yoshihashi with drop kicks, though. Oh, yeah, he did. And I, I thought it was interesting, too, that like there was the time where he tried to go for the uh, where he, he had Yoshihashi seated. And you thought he was going to do the drop kick, drop him down. And Yoshihashi had scouted it and kicked him off. And so I was like, oh, Yoshihashi's like, got this guy scouted. Nope. He just took drop kick. After that, he just ate drop kicks all night. <laughs> yeah, he and did. I was like, this is why Yoshihashi should not be chilling and catering. He needs to be watching his boy. <laughs> He's the best wrestler in the world. Like, this is why this is why you can't have good things. Also, that bl- butterfly lock. I'm going to keep criticizing it until the end of time. Like, it sucks. And I yeah. I watched him put, like, like Okada in it. As good as Okada is of a seller, I was like, this thing does not hurt anybody. It looks so bad. You know what's, but you know what's the crazy thing, though? Is the crowd actually, like... It is into it? Yeah. And honestly, like, he wins very little matches with the Butterfly Lock. So, it's like, it's not even putting your mind that he can win with it. And then, like, what they should have done is, like, all these undercard matches, he should have been winning all his undercard matches with the butterfly lock. I've seen him beat guys on the undercard, like, during tag matches with it, but very rarely, like right. I said. And, um, so, yeah, when I see the butterfly lock, I'm like, he's not beating anybody. He's not beating Okada with this. So. Yeah. But, I mean, the crowd was into it and bought it, so I guess that really matters what matters. And, um, yeah, so then eventually... You know, they're in the center of the ring. Yoshihashi hits a lariat, covers for two. Okada, Okada counters the Fisherman Buster. Hashi hits the super kick and Brain Buster for two. A great spot. I really, uh, that almost had me thinking he could win, actually. Okada fights off Karma, hits the Tombstone, and a Rainmaker hits one more Rainmaker for good measure. One, two, three. Yoshihashi, you suck. <laughs> Everyone bow down to King Okada. And uh, he picks up two points. Yeah, he's on the comeback here, and he's starting to pick back points and, you know, fight his way back on top of the leaderboard. He's actually now, after this night, he ended up being tied with Jay White. 
and Suzuki with six points. So this was some good drama, good callback spots. You know, um, Okada's still like having to recollect himself and come back from what he was. Could you imagine if he would have lost to Yoshihashi? Yeah, one of the lower guys in his team. You know, a guy who's at the bottom of the totem pole, and he did struggle with him a bit. Yoshihashi is still, you know, fighting for his life in this tournament, but he's almost done, right? Yeah. How many points he got too? Uh, he four? has two points, yeah. Two points? I mean, yeah, he has one win, four loss. Very, win. very, very close yeah. to being mathematically eliminated from yeah. this tournament standing. So um, that that does it for A Block. Yeah. All right, so moving on to night 10, back to the B Block. And we kick things off with Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Tamatanga. What do you think about this match? <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna be transparent here. Night ten, I watched it, but I was struggling, falling asleep. <laughs> that that seven star mattress. That seven and a half star mattress. <laughs> seven and three quarter stars mattress. <laughs> um, better than Dominion. Better than the Dominion two. <laughs> oh my gosh, but um, I mean, this saber Tamatonga match. It was whatever. I mean, the whole story of this match was, you know, you had the, the two seconds getting involved, with Loa getting involved, Taka Michinohu, Michinoku getting involved. Um, pretty much who's seeing who can kind of like out cheat each other and out get involved. And um, Listen, we were just talking about this man being an MVP of the tournament, Zack Sabre, and then Tamatong coming out here. Hold my beer. <laughs> Just bringing down the average. Bringing down the average. What a freaking heel. Yeah, like, man. What, what if that was your, like, gimmick? I'm going to bring down everyone's star averages. Well, I feel like he's kind of incorporated that. You know, a lot of the Twitter stuff he's been spouting off in videos. And he's like, yeah, I'm not here to have good matches. I'm here to get paid. And Yeah, that and also wishing, you know, servicemen that they died in action. So that's, <laughs> that's good, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. What a douche. This match, you know, ended with DQ... Um, Saber had an arm bar. He counted the gun stun. He put an arm bar on, but then Fale came and he hit the grenade on Saber. DQ. Saber gets the two points. Tama loses again. I didn't like the interferences. I didn't like the finish. Um, I'm glad that Zach got two points. That's great. But 11 minutes, you could have given me like probably seven here, and I would have been just fine. Yeah. Um. Nothing compelling to really talk about here. Uh, Zach gets two points. I don't know what they're doing with Tamatanga. We're moving on. Yeah. Next up, Juice Robinson against Toro Yano. A great match. Okay. <laughs> now we got something to stick our teeth into. Yeah, dude. This was a highly entertaining match. Very um, funny. Juice put a lot of uh, pressure on himself. He said that if he lost any more matches, he was going. If he like, if he lost another match, he was going to like forfeit the IWGP US title. Yeah, he's talking about do I even belong in New Japan? Right. Which is very like like man, this guy's got to fight for his life. You fight to survive. <laughs> kumite, kumite. You ever seen Bloodsport? No, I haven't. You gotta watch Bloodsport. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so Juice and Yano and um. I really liked the uh, airplane spin spot where Juice took Yano up and Yano's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And then they came down. They both and came down dizzy. And they're trying to hit each other. Neither guy could, like, land a shot. They were just, like, selling that crap. It was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, this uh, is eight we, minutes. We saw the return of the uh, the tape. 
Oh yeah, he yeah. he taped up Juice on the outside, mm-hmm. try to get the the uh, the count, count out, out victory. Which would have been, well, can you imagine if Juice would have got counted out off oh some tape? Oh my gosh, dude, that would have been horrible. But uh, yeah, man, Yano. I kind of wish it would have happened. It would have led to like one of the greatest U.S. title, you know, rivalries in the history of the sport. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that they had that airplane spot you mentioned. They went, you know, they both went down. Yano uh, raked the eyes. Robinson hits a belly to back suplex and a senton for an air fall. Yano sends Robinson into an exposed buckle. Uh, the ref stops the low blow. Accountability partner. Yep. Yano gets the cradle for two. Robinson fires up with the jabs, uh, unwraps his cast. Yano cuts him off, but uh, Juice ends up hitting the pulp friction and finally gets a win. Finally, he's on the board, gets two points. He's not going to have a goose egg going into this, to the end of this tournament. Yeah, so that's good. Um, you know, Yano's still cheating. Juice picks up two two points, and we'll see where that takes them. This was a very entertaining match. match. And now, this next match, <laughs> Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii. You know, one of our listeners tweeted, he's like, I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to say about this match. They did? Yeah. We get tweets? Yeah, we get tweets, man, at KI Strong Style. This match, dude. Speaking of tweets, anyone out there has tickets to the AAW show on July on uh, August, August 31st? Yeah. Please hit us up. Yeah. At K- KI Strong Style. Yep, KI Strong Style. We will buy them from you. We need to go to that show, <laughs> and it is sold out. Yeah, we got tickets for Thursday night. We need Friday night tickets. Anyone who's out there, hook us up. We we will pay. We got money. We make. Make guap. <laughs> uh, but yes, this match, Ibushi and Ishii, dude, this was incredible, amazing, phenomenal matchup, man. I love this match. Top tier. Oh my god. It's gosh. top tier. Dude, I'm five. I, I threw five snowflakes at it. I'm like very close. I don't know where, where I'm at, but it's either four or three quarters or five stars. It's a special match. Very yeah, special. Dude. Like, go out of your... If you're cherry-picking, like, you need to watch this match. Here's the thing about it, too. Um, something you might not realize. It's only, like, 15 or 16 minutes long. Yeah, 16 minutes, 13 seconds. It's not It's not one of these epic kick-out-of-every-finisher. You know, it's not that epic WWE, multiple finishers, multiple kick-outs, like the epic match, you know, right. you know what I mean? It's not that. This is a war. This is like Hagler Hearns. <laughs> Seriously, like these guys were killing each other. And also, there's a story that's been uh, carrying over all tournament long, and Rocky Romero's been pointing out, and I love it, is that Yano keeps is susceptible to these mid kicks. Started with the Goto match, and then you it, mean Ishii. I'm sorry, Ishii. Yeah, who did I say? Yano. Oh my. <laughs> Disrespect will not be tolerated. <laughs> but yeah, Ishii Goto, you know, killed him with the mid kicks, and then in his match with the. Uh, Zack Sabre, he kind of exploited that. And then now Kota Ibushi just murdering this dude with mid kicks. Yeah. It's like a vulnerable, it's like a vulnerable spot on Ishii at this point in the tournament. And I love that about the G1, how there are stories of damage and things that just carry over throughout the tournament, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, this match was just, you know, an overall battle of one on up, one upsmanship, like who can outdo the other, um, both of these guys, like, stealing each other's signature moves. I loved that. Uh, you know, 
Ishii hits the last ride powerbomb. Ibushi hits the brain buster. Ishii hit a Kamagoye. Yeah, Ishii reached up to the heavens and hit a Kamagoye. He reached up to the heavens, warriors! (laughs) Hulk Hogan. And yeah, man, a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of, you know, kicking out at one of big moves or just completely, like, getting right up to your feet off of moves. That's why I keep saying, to me, Ibushi's one of the most versatile guys in wrestling today, yeah, you want to have a you want to have a war like this of strikes and big moves and and you know, we'll do that. You want to have a match where you know it's catch us catch Ken or you know shoot style and you know it's mat based wrestling. He can do that. You want to have a, a spot fest. This guy can do this guy can do anything, yeah, bro. Man. And this match just showed like he's with the smoke. <laughs> yeah, he's with the smoke. He wants all the smoke. And this was a match of the year contender in my book. I think uh, it's a strong style match of the year contender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, this match was just freaking, freaking awesome. Um, all the times where, like, Abushi would drop Ishii and Ishii would come, at, like, when he started chopping him in the throat, it was some of the... This is a very oh brutal match. Oh, my God. Well, Ibushi uh, was, like, trying to test Ishii. There were times where, like, he would, like, do that kick to the head thing. Bro, and, like, shades shades of Wrestle Kingdom, him and Nakamura. Like, yeah. it reminded me of that a lot. Well, speaking of Nakamura, did you catch the uh, Bomaye knee that uh, Kota Ibushi hit towards the end of the match? No, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. I mean, I I remember the spot you're referring to, but I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, hit the, hit that man with a Bomaye knee, which Ishii kicked out at one. <laughs> I mean, that's all great and all, but, like, if you really want to talk about Nakamura tributes, nobody is as good as Taguchi. <laughs> Every night, man. <laughs> Taguchi is hitting that, um, the hip attack, Bomaye. The Bomaye hip attack? Yeah. He never lands it, hardly ever. Yeah. But, yeah, this this was just literally incredible. Didn't uh, Abushi hit a freaking... Um, he hit a, a a crowd like off the balcony. Um, oh yeah, balcony moonsault. Moon yeah, song, yeah, man. yeah. This was this was just so incredible. This, this had every, dude. This match was just the thing about it was like we talked about how incredible Goto and Ishii was, and I I mean I'm very close to five stars in that match as well. So I'm taking nothing away, but man, in terms of violence, I thought we wouldn't see anything more violent than that. But I think this was. Yeah, dude. I mean between. The headbutt, headbutts, the chops, the kicks, the knees. When we're talking about top matches coming out of the G1, this is this is one of the elite. The elite. The the elite. It's it's one of them. It's one of them. Uh, right now, it's it's got to be top five in the tournament. You got to put it up there with Goto and Ishii. You got to put it up there with Omega and Naito. It's right there in the same conversation. Yeah, but yeah, this closing stretch, man. Uh, Ishii counters the Kamagoye, hits one of his own. Ishii then hits the last ride. Ibushi kicks out. Ishii kills him with a lariat, but Ibushi still finds a way to kick out. Ibushi hits a brain buster. Ishii pops up, no cells, hits the Inzi. Then Ibushi hits the Bomaye. Ishii kicks out at one. Kamagoye is countered by Ishii. Trade strikes, Ibushi hits a head kick, and then the Kamagoye finally getting the victory. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the reasons I pointed out that this was 16 minutes is because, you know, we're used to that 30-minute, 25-minute, 35-minute, you know, 
epic New Japan style, you know, main event. You know what I mean? Yeah. During these G1s. Uh, but this wasn't that. This was 16 minutes, and it was action-packed from top to bottom. It never really relented. Yeah, they, it, they, they maximized those it, minutes. It was a freight train, bro. It was a freight train. And, like, I these are two – I'll say it. These are probably two of my top favorite guys in this block mm-hmm. and in New Japan in general. Um, I don't – think I ever remember I know they've wrestled before but I can't remember or recall specifically a time where they did wrestle personally I mean I've seen so many matches but this one is like I'm not gonna forget this one yeah I'm not gonna forget this one this one was excellent very 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 special match I know dude after watching this match I was like oh crap there's two more matches left that wasn't the main event yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, and uh, Abushi gets those uh, well-needed two points. But at what cost, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! At what cost? Yeah, it was it was excellent. Both these guys killed each other. Like this is what the G one's all about, man. Yeah, grade one climax. Boom, Abushi and Ishii. Is that what G one means? Yeah. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I like. Is it ever weird telling someone that you're watching something called the G1 climax? climax yeah, like I'm always like the G1. I'm watching the G1. I don't even tell. Like, I don't even tell non marks that. I'm just like I'm watching wrestling. I don't even tell. Them it's that. crazy. Like people ask me like, "What are you doing?" I'm chilling. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, I've been going. To, I started going to a new church in the last few months, and like a lot of people are like, you know, "Oh, you know, you like wrestling? Oh, you have a podcast? I want to listen to it." I'm like, "You're gonna have like no idea what I'm talking about." But I've actually had a few people like, be like, "Oh, I actually like listen to your podcast." Like, I had no idea what you're you're saying, but it was good. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's so weird." You know why? What? Because we're over. <laughs> we're over with the marks. We're over with the non-marks. We draw them all, baby. Trying. <laughs> Trying. Which brings us to our next segment. If now <laughs> one of these days we're gonna have advertisements and we're gonna go into one of those awkward like, like Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought that Kamagoye was hard, wait till you get <laughs> wait till you get your first order of Blue Chew. Use the promo code Strong Style to make sure you have a strong style diet. Oh my god. <laughs> this match was a special, special occasion. And speaking of special occasions, <laughs> if you want to really treat your lady or just show her that she cares, reach out to our friends at proflowers.com. <laughs> Use our code strongstyle. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Oh. I remember like the first time I was listening to podcasts and like Stone Cold would break out and like start talking about like on it and he's like, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> What just happened? Yeah. You were talking to Raven three seconds ago, and all of a sudden he's like, hold up, we gotta take a break, and I gotta mention my friends over at On It. And I'm yeah. like, what? Dude, like, but like, yeah, Conrad, like, their show, dude, like, their advertisements, like, they'll, like, they'll do, like, segue stuff like I just did, and they'll be like, so, like, speaking of, you know, whatever, and they'll, like, go into, like, the next, the set. What I like about Jim Ross's podcast is that over the years, he's gotten more and more disenfranchised, and you can hear it in his voice, <laughs> but he recorded his uh, advertisements a long time ago, so when it cuts in, it's like, you hear vibrant, like, hey, this is a good old JR, and then he's like, when he comes back, he's like, all right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for me undies. Oh my gosh! What's funny is like you listen to more podcasts than me, so you know all you know all the gimmicks. I don't even know. I'm like, what, what are we gonna mention? Yeah, my god, it's cr- yeah. One day, one day when we sell out. Oh, I'm ready to sell out now. Oh, so am I. I'm a super whore. 
<laughs> if, hey, someone wants to buy Keeping It Strong Style, I'm not attached to the name. You can have it for the right price. <laughs> it's all yours. Oh, man. You just got to come and co-host with Jeremy every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, next up, we had Tetsuya Naito against uh, Hiroki Goto. And honestly, I was a little disappointed by this match. And you know what? Honestly, I was really into this match. And I knew that it wasn't really that good. Is that weird? Uh, like, uh, I knew for a fact, watching it, that I was like, this is like a three-star affair. But I am so into it. Like, I wouldn't rate it higher than that. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, when there's characters that I like... Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some flack over the past few weeks about not liking Goto or whatever, but that's not really the case. I've always liked Goto. I just, you know, obviously I see the, you know, that there's character flaws with, you know, the booking and things like that. But at the end of the day, I like Goto. And I just thought that Goto and Naito, for whatever reason, was a really compelling matchup to me. This wasn't like a, a blowaway match. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. like that. But I thought like both guys put in solid. I just thought it was a really solid. Match. Yeah, I thought it was a solid match. I don't know. I was. I was. I thought they would. You know, at least get to the four star level. No, it was but, nothing like that. Yeah. It was nothing like that. This isn't going to be a recommended match. I'm not telling you go out and catch it if you're cherry picking. It, it's worth a watch, but it's not must must watch. I wouldn't even call it that. It's just Josh yeah. Smith, the young boy. I liked it. I don't know why. There was nothing special about it. It was by the numbers. But I just really, really liked it. Yeah, I, I got another hot take. Okay. The Destino. I think it's clunky. I, I think it's kind of... It's not when it's when he does... I like the running Destino. No, I don't. The running Destino is the clunky one. Really? He doesn't land it good. I, I think the arm twist Destino is kind of... That's the only one he ever lands right. I think that one's kind of slow. It is a little bit slow, but it looks kind of kind of kind of clunky. It's like no. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by clunky? Define well, clunky. Like I mean, like he has like he rings the arm, then he kind of kind of kind of like jumps up there, and like I don't know. It's like I don't know. Like I I, I like the running Destino better. Like it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it like hits it. But in theory, that would be awesome. Yeah. But I've never seen him ru- land the running Destino in a way that I thought looked good. It just looks like he's throwing himself up and they're both falling on their backs. To me, anyways. Uh, Also, speaking of which, I went and saw Mission Impossible this weekend. Yeah. And someone landed a Spanish fly in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I don't want to forget about it. And then, uh, you know, I I thought someone was going to break their neck. I was really scared. You know, it's like a ring apron spot. But anyways, um... But here's the thing, okay? This is my take because it's funny you mention that because I literally was going to come on the show and say the exact opposite. That's funny. So the, what I like about the regular Destino, yes, getting over is a little bit slow. Yeah. But the velocity that he falls back is it's like it's like it's like a roller coaster when you're like do 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 do. Yeah. Whoosh. And that's what the des- that's why I like the Destinos because he grabs him, he comes up, it is a little bit slower, and then boom. And I mean, like, I don't think that's any different in my book from, say, a one-winged angel. Yeah. With a slower setup and then a big impact. And I, for my money, almost no move has as big of an impact as the, the regular Destino. Yeah. What I would, in theory, like the running Destino if he could land it correctly. <laughs> but he runs up, jumps over the guy, and then they both... He never hooks anything. They both just fall back, and I think it looks... 
I think it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, the, the few running destinos I've seen in this tournament, I feel like he's... The one he landed here sucked. I feel like other ones, maybe this one, but I feel like other ones he's done well, or even like when he counters a move into the Destino. Those are those are great too. Yeah. I just like I don't think that the, the Ring Destino has ever landed that well personally. Yeah. Whereas with the other one, he hooks the guy, there's no doubt about it. And then the other thing I like about the Destino, yes, it is slow, but like think about all the times that it creates opportunities for guys to counter it. It's not like a perfect move. Right. But when he lands it, it's devastating. So that's my take on it. I don't know. Maybe. And, that, and that's just me being nit, nitpicking. Like overall, I think Destino is a cool move, but I don't know. I love the Destino. It's one. I think it's one of the most creative moves that is out there. It, like it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, how do you even think to do this? Yeah. But um, yeah, I like this move. Or I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this match. 12 minutes, Naito picks up a win. I think uh, Goto had been doing really well in the tournament so far for the most part, right? Yeah. They're both like, this was, oh, one, I think one reason, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, I think one reason that this match was compelling to me in a way is the crossroads nature of the match with, you know, Goto being a guy who's been at the never never level Mm -hmm. and how they were mentioning, they did a great, I think part of why I like this match, they were doing a great job on commentary and they're really drawing me in with the storytelling, talking about how, you know, half a year ago or even further back, like back in February, Goto was cutting promo saying that the never title makes him complete. Yeah. And then like uh, Naito's like, you feel complete. (laughs) <laughs> that's how it makes you complete because you lose every single big match that you're in man and I like that yeah and then you've got you know basically Naito who is not having the greatest 2018 you know so two guys that both have aspirations to be the top guy they both have aspirations to be there and and you know they both have track records of losing the big ones mm-hmm. and this you know that's what the G1's all about it's about guys who lose the big ones having an opportunity to headline, you know, freaking Wrestle Kingdom. So I liked the fact that there was a lot on the line, even if this wasn't the greatest match in the world. And then even the character, like, contrast when you... Also, like, both guys were cheating in this match a bit. And so, like, yeah. it showed the desperation. Like, I don't know. I just liked it. Maybe I'm spending too much time on it. But, yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, man. I mean, overall, it was a good match. Um, and they worked well together. And, you know... We'll, we'll see them again sometime down the road. Naito picks up another uh, win. He also might be in line for a never title challenge. Not that he would want it, but right. he, he, has, he has that. He has right. that. Yeah. You never know. Um, so then we're on to the main event with the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, the best mount machine, Kenny Omega, taking on the Cold Skull Sonata. And this was a great main event, another great matchup for Omega, another great matchup for Sonata. From a story perspective, it's excellent. Sonata just came off of victory off of his Beating team. Ibushi. Yep. I was like, because I didn't, you know, I went to this match unspoiled. I'm like, is Sonata going to beat the Golden Lovers? Yeah. And also, like, Sonata, he had a fantastic title shot against uh, Okada. Okada earlier this year. So this is another – this is, like, a an, obviously not a title sh- shot, but, you know. If he beats um, Kenny, he could have, you know. And with the fact that he just beat his tag team partner the night before coming off of a huge, huge victory, it become you know, it becomes much more plausible. Plus, there's the inner workings of the rivalry between Ibushi and – 
and uh, Kenny Omega, which were gearing up for that fi- that you know B block final between them and uh, you know uh, where are they going? Budokan. Budokan. I was gonna say Corkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, big, big Budokan no, Hall. I know it is. I just couldn't remember it. But you know, with that being said, like these guys, when they, it's not just about them beating each other, but it's about them night in and night out outperforming each other and being the better person from a overall standpoint so for Kenny to potentially get a victory over Sonata where Sonata just beat you know Abushi, that's a huge thing for him yeah it's a huge thing for that whole story so I really thought that there's a lot of stakes added to this aspect of the match yeah and uh, Kenny defeated Sonata continued to be undefeated but I thought Sonata looked really great in defeat here. I thought Sonata looked great. This was a banger, man. Yeah. This was, you know, a really, really, really good match. Uh, there was a lot of callback spots to the to the match with Ibushi, which I thought yeah. was smart. Yeah, that was great storytelling. And again, like you mentioned, Omega kind of cheating a little bit. There was one spot in the match where, like, they were went to the outside and, like, well, Omega, like, went to the outside and, like, Sonata was, like, holding the ropes to let him back in. And, like, yeah. Omega went back in and then Sonata was coming back in and Kenny kicked, kicked him as he was coming in. Hair pulling, mm-hmm. brawling on the Yeah, out- he was pulling the mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Brawling on the outside. He, he did a lot of legwork on Sonata, which mm-hmm. I thought was smart, you know. For, to cut down the springboards, the moonsaults. Yep. Yeah. Psychology. Mm. Kenny out here cheating. <laughs> oh, man. He hit, uh, he hit him with an awesome uh, V-trigger into a J-driller. That was oh, like, dude, I popped for the J, that J-driller. That was so nasty looking. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, so this is how I know that my friend that I was mentioning listened to our show because she said, what does pop mean? <laughs> and, and then she goes, is that when a guy busts a nut? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I had to explain, you know, what a pop, what a pop was. And you had to educate her. Yeah, I had to smarten her up. Yeah, smarten her up to the business. Smarten her up to the business. <laughs> oh, oh, man, but God. I kayfabed her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, yeah, but she's like, I figured. She's like, I just want to say something funny. And I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And I was like, I'm definitely saying this on my show. Like... <laughs> It's going to be good. Yeah. This is award-winning, like, entertainment here, you know? <laughs> Comedy gold. But Comedy yeah, gold. I, I popped for this J-Driller here. You popped for it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! I'm going to start using that in a double meaning. It's going to get really raunchy on this show. We're going to have to have, like, X-rated. We're going to have to have Unleashed episodes. Oh, my gosh. Tuesday's the family-friendly edition. <laughs> and then and Thursday, Thursday, Unleashed. Young Boy Unleashed. <laughs> Part of the Social Suplex Podcasting Network. <laughs> oh, my God. The following thoughts and opinions do not <laughs> reflect those of the Social Suplex Podcasting Network. Listen at your own, like, you know, yeah. there's going to be a disclaimer. It's going to be great. I'm going to get on there. I'm going to be like, mother ep. <laughs> You're just going to cuss the whole time. Not even talk about anything. It's going to get real so, controversial. So it's going to be a Tamatanga promo? Pretty much. But, yeah, so anyway, so you pop for the J-Driller. Um... You know, this actually was a match where I started kind of like falling in and out of sleep. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's where I was like, I barely, I, I saw the ending, but, and I know this match was a banger, but man, I've had a long week. This was a tough one. It shouldn't have been a tough one to get through. I'm going to have to rewatch the, the finish here pretty much, basically. Yeah. Another uh, spot I popped for was 
uh, Sonata going for a uh, looks like he was going for like a springboard missile drop kick, but he, Kenny caught him with a power bomb. Mm. That was a nice spot. Mm. Yeah, Sonata countered the one winged angel into a skull into it. Oh point, yeah, which was an awesome mm-hmm. awesome moment. And then you know him swinging around Omega, and then Omega had to avoid the moonsault. I thought that was great. I thought Omega. Uh, kind of having issues with the heel mm. throughout the match was also like a nice bit of like a little wrinkle to the storytelling. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, towards the end, um, Omega, you know, started to fade out. Sonata uh, released him, went for the, uh, you know, for the uh, moonsault, missed. They traded strikes. Omega fired up, and so did Sonata. You know, uh, Sonata laid in with a big uppercut. Kenny hits him with the V-trigger. Sonata gets the skull end again. Omega counters out, hits a cradle tombstone for two, which was awesome. Yeah. And then Sonata gets the skull end. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah. V-trigger followed that. Then a one-winged angel to counter into a reverse Rana. Omega countered the TKO into a one-winged angel and put Sonata away, which was an excellent, you know, finish to this match. Yeah, man. So, you know, Sonata looking good. Not good enough. Kenny remains with a flawless, uh, you know, resume in the this best gym. bout machine. Which you got to figure, like he's not a guy that people think are going to the finals, right? He's got, he's got to lose at some point. And does he? What would happen if Kenny Omega won the G one? He could. He could be the first guy to go. I don't think anybody's won it undefeated. Have has that happened? Yeah, yeah, but it's been a long time. Yeah. And, you know, there was less matches back then. There was, like, there wasn't nine. There right. was, like, five or six. Got you. But, I mean, since it's been nine, I don't, probably nobody's gone. Nine matches. Yeah. Ten ma- I, someone, I'm trying to remember who. I'd have to do my history. But someone has gone to the finals undefeated. I think Nakamura mm-hmm. went a couple years years back. But even then, there was a smaller field. So, you know, but I don't think anyone with has gone undefeated with this many matches. Uh, into into a final, I could see Kenny going to a final. I could see him going to the final too. However, his, I don't think he will. But I mean, it's not impossible. Night twelve, his next opponent is Saber. I think Saber's going to beat him. That'd be cool. And uh, set up a Saber versus uh, Omega title shot for uh, probably King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a match that makes a lot of sense to me um, with the way that they built up Zack Sabre Jr. I am a little bit hesitant. Like, does should he be getting a second title shot? I mean, of course, if he's one of the only guys that beats Omega during the tournament, then yes, of course, and that's what should happen. But I am kind of like, well, you know, he already had a title shot this year. And I mean, should Zack be losing two title shots? I don't know. But um, with that being said, like, who else does Kenny have left that could you know, benefit and headline, you know, a king of pro wrestling, king of pro wrestling with him. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to do a We're going to do a recap here in just a little bit and, you know, a slight preview, but yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, you know, what do you think of Sonata so far? Dude, Sonata has been impressing me a lot. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like he's really stepped his game up. Um, he's been having great performances in this G1. It's probably one of his best G1 performances that I've seen. And, you know, he's hanging with those top guys in uh, B block. You know, this is the, the banger block. When, when's him and Naito? The last night? I believe that's in Budokan, I think. Wow. One, it's one of those final three nights, I believe. G1 finals are going to be dope. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how that's going to be. And uh, so Sonata, after this night, Sonata, Saber, and Ibushi are all tied um, uh, six points. So. And, that, and then that leaves Kenny in the lead with 10? Yep. Wow. So they're all trailing him by... You know, two but, uh, matches. Naito has eight points. Okay, so they got six. Naito's got eight. Kenny's got ten, and that's gonna wrap it up for you know nights eight through ten. Uh, you know, coming up here in the next few weeks, we've got what? Let me take a look here. So night eleven has already happened. Um, that happened today. I'll take a look here at the that, schedule. That was a uh, a block. So let's uh let's do a quick recap and take a look at A block and B block and see where people stand and then mm-hmm. you know kind of just talk about what we're looking forward to and maybe even a little bit of predictions here. All right, so after as after night ten, A block is Evil four and one eight points, Tanahashi four and one eight points, Jay White, uh, Okada, Suzuki. Three and two with six points. Uh, Michael Elgin, Togi Makabe, Bad Luck Fale, two and three, four points. Hangman Page, Yoshihashi, uh, one and four with uh, two points each. So real quick, so between now and next week's episode, we've got A Block action on the 30th, B Block on the 1st of August, A Block on the 2nd, B Block on the 4th, and then A Block on the 5th. So that's going to bring us to one, two, three, four, five nights between now and next week. And then after that, um, we have B block on the 8th, A block on the 10th. Uh, That's going to be the A block final. The 11th is the B block final. And then the 12th is going to be the finals in Budokan. Um, So we've got two more episodes left. You know, what, eight nights left? Mm -hmm. We're going to do five on uh five next week and five next three week. the following week yep so no uh for the next week because you got the finals after the gotcha. blocks are over gotcha so we still got nine nights left basically at Ooh. this point five next week for the next week with the finals and the big recap and that's gonna do it for the g1 this year man it's flying by man yeah it is it is so and uh man we're doing a good job yeah like, I've never watched a whole G1. This, <laughs> yeah. this has been crazy. Yeah, man. I've been one of the cherry pickers. So, um, yeah, let's take a look at the blocks here and just see where we're at with things. Um, let me get down to 2018. So, so uh, who do you think's coming out of the A block here? Okay. So, I mean, I'm going to just take a look at where people are at. Unfortunately, I do have the spoilers for the, you know, for 9-11. The next, yeah. So... Basically, we've got Jay White, Suzuki, Okada, Evil, all tied with eight points at this point in the tournament. And then you got Tanahashi sitting at, as the point leader with 10 points. Mm. Um, guys with only two points left, Hangman Page and Yoshihashi. I, they're pretty, so they're pretty much, they're like mathematically eliminated at this point. I'm going to guess because, let's see, we've got one, two, three nights left for A Block. Yeah. So even if um, six points plus two, that's eight. So they're both mathematically eliminated. Uh, Michael Elgin sits at four points. So does uh, Togi Makabe. So even if they win the rest of their matches, they can only hypothetically tie Tanahashi. There's a good chance. I haven't done the math yet, but there's a good chance that they're mathematically out. Fale sits at six and he's right on the fringe. So 
almost half the guys are pretty much eliminated at this mm-hmm. point. So that that gives us a good <clears throat> indicator that we got Jay White, Suzuki, Okada, Evil, and Tanahashi left over. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, where do you where do you see that going? I mean, what's what? I don't know what your predictions have been because I kind of forgot. Um, originally I had um Okada winning the overall in A block. And I still think that's a very strong possibility. Yeah, well, that does make a lot of sense because he's going into the, uh, you know, the A Block Finals against Tanahashi, who's yeah. leading. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay White goes to these finals mm. because he's got wins over both guys, and that's a big tiebreaker. Uh, White still has Evil ahead of him, uh, Makabe and Yoshihashi. We've also talked about Yoshihashi could hypothetically be play a spoiler. spoiler. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's another thing to be looking out for. You know, Evil's a guy. He's got Okada and Tanahashi Ooh. and Jay White ahead of him. So he's done well this far in the tournament, but I don't think there's any feasible way he's going to the finals. Yeah. He's, that, got, he's got a tough stretch there. Um, and then, you know, the outside Dark Horse, you got Suzuki. Um, he's got Fale. Okada and Hangman. He has, he has a really good shot. Yeah, he does. If you really think about it, I mean, he'll probably lose to Okada. I think he'll beat Hangman unless Hangman spoils him. And with Fale, it's a crapshoot at this point. Right. Who knows what's going to happen there? I wouldn't be surprised if Fale did beat him, though. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about it before. Like, the, the two guys I think that were most likely to go to the finals were Jay oh. White and Okada. Yeah. I mean, Tanahashi's Tana. right there. Yeah. But, I mean, I would be very surprised if Tanahashi went. He already went to the finals in the New Japan Cup, so, I mean, maybe. He's ace of the universe, man. I got a feeling. I Do you, you think it's going to be Okada? I, I still think it's going to be Okada. I think you're probably right, but there's this other problem. It's like, it could be Jay. Hey, it could be. It could be Jay. It could be. Um, so that's kind of where we're at this point. And then... And I know you had mentioned you're, you were kind of hoping to see, like, a fresh matchup in the finals like somebody who hadn't been in the finals before yeah, that would be cool yeah. we've seen so many fresh matchups in this tournament though you know yeah. what i mean like i wouldn't be too surprised if they do a big marquee matchup at right. budokan hall yeah that's another thing part of me is like it could be jay but then i'm like do you do jay white in the budokan mm. you probably don't do you you probably do okada well isn't it already sold out anyway <laughs> yeah but it's budokan yeah you know, I mean, like just the prestige and just all that sort of thing. But here's my other my other problem with it. It's like, do you do this Okada? I don't. I'm I'm not feeling this Okada, yeah. man. Well, maybe whoever he's facing brings it out on him. It's not that it's not there. I know it's in him, but I mean, like, if he doesn't show up with Rainmaker apparel, I'm not gonna be happy. <laughs> do you know how pissed I get when I hear his music start up and then all of a sudden I hear that like. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, like music gives you like an emotional, like endorphin rush. And when yeah. I hear the music, I get so excited. I'm like, and then it like breaks down and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> the balloons, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Which, you know, it's fine. It's Even whatever. though I've been laughing at him hitting Rocky, Rocky with the balloons. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Oh man. But I want the, I want the Rainmaker of old man. That's what I'm used to. That's what I like. Maybe he'll bring back the shorts. Maybe he'll ascend to his final form. I hate to break it to you, man, but I think you, you, you got to get over it, man. The shorts are not coming back. He's, he's he's all in on the pants, man. Even if he goes back to being full Raymaker, I think he's full in on Okada's the pants. Okada's pants. 
my god. So then um that's gonna so and then let me ask you this. So, you know, who's your MVP for A block right now? Um hmm, MVP for A block. I think it's between Michael Elgin and Hangman Page. I'm going Hangman at this point in the tournament so far. I don't think it's going to continue. Hangman, let's talk about Hangman. Yeah, he's mathematically out, but, um, you know, at this point, Hangman has Magabe, Suzuki, and Yoshihashi. I think he can pick up another two wins here. Yeah. Oh, you think he's going to beat Magabe? Mm. And then, like, him and Yoshihashi, like, Yoshihashi's, like, pretty much, Yoshihashi's got Fale, Page, and and, uh, Jay White. Ugh, it's interesting. Some interesting stuff. I mean, nothing, like, super compelling, but I'm like, I mean, also, with Hangman, with me calling him the MVP, that might all go to crap. He's got Makabe and Yoshihashi, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen with Hangman. Right. So... I don't know, like uh, Big Mike. I feel he's he's just been having some really good, great matches in the A block. He has been, he has been, and I don't want to take too much away. I mean, I thought the Suzuki performance was a little lower. Mm-hmm. I did. Oh, one thing, we kind of talked crap about that match, but I did want to mention. I thought that the uh, the story where that where he was attacking the arm, yeah, made a lot of sense. I, I want to throw that in there before someone jumps on the message board. It's like, you guys missed the story. No, I got the story. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. But yeah, you, you could be right. I mean, but does that tell you something when it's like no one here is having blow away matches? Like literally, even Elgin, who's putting on good performances and Hangman, like they're still not having blow aways. Yeah. They, they're just not. And then uh, let's take a look at the B block. So these guys still got four nights left. Yeah. What What's the point standings at? Um, if my uh, comp- my iPad will catch up. So Kenny Omega's at ten points. Naito's at eight. Then you got Kota Ibushi, Zack Saber Jr., and Sonata with six. It looks like Tamatanga, Juice Robinson, and Toriano are probably out. Yeah. Juice is out. Tamatanga's out. Toriano because even if they pick up another eight points between now and then, they can only tie Kenny Omega. Right. And they've all lost. Well, Yano hasn't faced Kenny yet, but Tama and Juice both lost. They to both him. lost to Kenny. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. Wow. These were like the two guys I was kind of predicting we're gonna have good turns. <laughs> I should have known though, because I I should have looked at the B block and looked at how deep this this block was. Well, Juice is having a good tournament match wise, just not point wise. Yep. Um, you know. I think a lot of people that think it's going to be Okada and Naito probably are onto something. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But um, let's take a look at Kenny Omega for a minute here because he's got four matches left. So he's got Ibushi, which is going to be the finals. He's got Ishii. Woo! He's got Saber and Yano. Man. Man. So who... Out of those guys, do you think could beat Omega? Ibushi and Zack Saber and Yano. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I'm joking about Yano, although you, I know, guess hey. you never know. Yeah, but I mean, um, as far as like headlining King of Pro Wrestling, you're probably right. Zack Saber probably is that guy. Yeah, I see. Yeah, see Saber winning this, beating him, and yeah, Ibushi could beat him as well. And then um, I'm just kind of going back looking at these points. Ishii's got four points. So, I mean, 
Ishii and Goto both only have four points. They're very close to being out of this tournament. You know, um, they would have to win everything just to get past Kenny Omega. Yeah. Goto's already lost to Kenny, so he has to win all the rest of his matches. Um, which I don't know if that's feasible. Goto still has Abushi, Juice, Saber, and Tamatanga. I could see him winning two of those, maybe three, but not all four. Yeah. So I'm gonna effectively say Goto's probably out. Um, you think Ishii's out? He's got Kenny, Juice, um, Sonata, and Tamatanga left. I don't know. I feel like he those still are people he could potentially beat. Potentially, but I don't. I don't know if he's gonna win four. You know, four, four matches straight. in a row. Yeah. So I'm gonna say odds. The odds are pretty low that Ishii can like goes to any sort of final. Goto's probably out. So realistically, right now, we're looking at Sonata, Zack Saber Jr., Kota Ibushi, and Naito and Omega. So about half that turn. We're, we're at the halfway point, and yeah. about half the guys are done. Um. You know, what did I say? Four more matches? Yeah. So that's what? Eight points? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, Sonata could win three... Sonata, Zack Sabre, Kota Ibushi could all win about three more matches. And potentially, you know, headline... Kenny's got ten points already. Is he about to go on a losing streak? <sighs> Who knows, man? Like you said, he could... I mean, what if what if, Kenny, what if Kenny does go undefeated and goes to the finals and goes... And then loses? Yeah. And then sets up a big, you know... Title match, yeah. I don't know. That sounds like some WWE, like, 1997 sort of stuff. You know? <laughs> like, like, Bret Hart winning the, like, the Royal Rumble, but not, like... You know, and he ended up wrestling, like, Austin instead, you know, instead of, like, fighting for the title. It sounds yeah. like some a weird situation like that. I don't know if that's New Japan style, really. Um, Naito, let's look at him. He's got a Bushi left. They had, I mean, we still got we still got Bushi Naito, man. Still got Naito and Saber. We still got Sonata and Yano. And he's one of the only guys that I could like legitimately say I could see him beating like most of, if not all, those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, like now he now could he lose to Bushi and Saber and all that? Yeah. But I could see him winning all four of those matches. Hmm. And he's got, what, eight points? Yeah. 16. I don't think he'll win all four. Let's say he wins three. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 points. Goes to the finals. I think that's probably the way we're, we're going. I think we are. I think we're probably getting Okada and, uh, and Naito. Oh. And I think Naito's going to win the G1. You think? What do you think? Do you think that's your that's your final? That that's you my finals, and I I also well I predicted Okada uh, beating Naito in the G one finals. That that was also based off Naito beating Kenny um, on night two, and Naito winning the belt at King of Pro Wrestling. My main thing is that if you put Naito and Okada in a match together at this point, you better freaking put Naito over. Yeah, you just got to at this point, like because you know. For, we talk all the time about a company that like doesn't bury guys, long-term storytelling and all that. But at a certain point, with a guy of this star caliber, you put him in a G1 final after the year he's had, and then you bury – like if he loses again, then we are – it's not a burial like they're de-pushing him. You're right. But his character, there's only so many big losses like that you can they really can take. take. Yeah. And so, yeah, so if Naito wins the G1, are we looking at a Naito-Omega rematch at Russell Kingdom? I don't know. 
I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not good at this long term <laughs> stuff. Um, I think the real the the real catch to all this that we're kind of forgetting and we have to take into consideration what's going to happen with Ibushi and Omega. I think that's a question on everyone's mind. Yeah. And Ibushi's only got six points right now, and he's he's got Goto, he's got Naito, Tamatanga, and then Kenny Omega. Now here's a very interesting. Did I mention the on the show the whole thing about uh, if a, if a match ends in a no contest, nobody gets any points. No, you mentioned this to me off here. So I saw one uh, uh, someone on Twitter mention this, and you know one of the rules that they don't talk about very often. They haven't. I've, I haven't heard them mention it on English commentary, but it is in the rules. It's verified. You get two points for a win in the G1. You get one point for a draw. Zero points for a loss. But if a match goes to a no cont, and you know if you get if you win by DQ, you get two points. You're right. But if a match goes to a no contest, meaning that neither guy wins because it's a no contest for any reason, neither guy gets points. It's hmm. different than a draw. It's not a draw. There was someone who was hypothesizing: What if Kenny and Ibushi? This would be like terrible. I hope they don't do this. <laughs> but someone said, "What if with the firing squad they basically cause a no double contest? double DQ?" Yeah, and we see a very similar situation to the G one a couple years ago when uh, when uh, Okada and uh, Tanahashi went to a draw and it ended up opening up a gateway for Goto to go in. Mm-hmm. What if something like that happens where Ibushi and Omega both get no contested? It screws up their points deficit or their points total, and we that that's how Naito gets in. Could happen. Could happen. So, I mean, but right now, I think the most likely scenario that we're going to see is probably what? It's probably going to be... Okada Naito. But then, but every time I, th- I say that, it's like, yes, it makes the most sense. But then I think, what about Kenny and Ibushi? What is that leading to? You know what? What if Ibushi beats him? And that's who we get at King, King of Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. Wow. Didn't even think about that. Golden Lovers Collide at King of Pro Wrestling. Could happen. Well, I think that's going to do it for the G1 this week. Did you have any final takes? No, man. It's been, you know, overall a very great tournament. Looking forward to these uh, next few nights of action, especially uh, B-Block. We got one more night in July, by the way, which is t- today. Yeah. And then we will officially be able to uh, to do our match of the month. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. Our, and our wrestler of the month. Oh, man. And not only are we talking about the G1, we're talking about G1 in San Francisco, too. We got a lot of stuff to cover. So we'll be bringing that to you next week. Dude, I don't even know <laughs> what to think about for that. Don't, don't, don't. We're not going to talk about this on the air yet. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. We got to draw the people back. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. 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 We got we to gotta get their money. Got your money, kid. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is great. And then you know, I think that we should probably work on like a recommended match list for this G one. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, before we move on, I think the toughest question right now: Who's the MVP of B- of B Block? Dude, there's it's a tough one. Well, let's talk about who it's not. Who it definitely is not. It's not Tamatanga. It's not Tamatanga. It's not Yano. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it's not Juice Robinson. Yeah. With all the great matches he's had, it's not him. And you know what? It's not Sonata. It's not Sonata. And I'm going to say this too. It's not Goto. Yeah. As great as his matches have been. The guys that you're looking at right now are Ibushi, Ishii, Kenny, and Zack Sabre. Those are your four guys. Let's have a – before we move on, let's have a discussion about this. Who's the MVP? 
I don't know, man. All four of those guys have been having phenomenal matchups. Um, I think for me. Oh, I, and we didn't mention is not, where do you think Naito lands? Because I overlooked him. Oh, you didn't mention him. I said Ibushi, Ishii, Omega, and Zack Saber. Oh yeah. And then uh, you also got Naito. Is Naito in the mix with those guys right now in terms of just pure match quality? I think the Goto match brought him... Like, before the Goto match, I would have said yes. But the Goto match kind of brought him down a little bit for me. Okay. Um, uh, for me, I, 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 I'm I stuck between Ishii and Omega. Well, let's do this. Let's make it easy, Okay. okay. Ibushi, great match. We'll, we'll just do a great match count just to make it really okay. easy right now. Okay. Ibushi Ishii, great match. Ibushi Robinson, great match. Ibushi Saber, great match. Ibushi Sonata, great match. Ibushi Yano, enjoyable match. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad there so far. He hasn't wrestled Tonga yet, though, so he's got that on some of the other guys. You go with Ishii, you got the Goto match. Great match. The Ibushi match is a great match. The Naito match is a great match. The Sabre match is a great match, and the Ishii match, or the Yano match, is also an enjoyable match. I would, like, literally, you're putting him right there in the same conversation as Ibushi. Uh, you look at Naito, he's got duds. Tamatanga, eh. The Robinson match is okay. The Omega match, classic. The Ishii match is great, and the, the, he's got the Goto, the Ishii, and the Omega under his mm. resume, but you got two duds so far. Yeah. I gotta say, it's not at the same standard of work that Ibushi and Ishii have put out during this tournament. And then with Omega, you got the Goto match, you got the Naito match, you got the Juice match, the Sonata match. But where he's hurting, and I think everyone's going to be in this case eventually, but that Tamatanga match brings him down. Mm. And do you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you put the matches that those four matches he's had so far up to the same level of scrutiny? I think if you want to play, dev- let's play devil's advocate. Let's take away the Yano matches. Okay. And if you're just comparing apples to apples. You know, with with Ibushi, Ishii, and Omega, let's hold off on that. So they they each got four great matches, and then when you look at Zack Saber, Ibushi, Ishii, Sonata, Tama, and Yano, but it was probably the best Yano match of the tournament. Would you agree? <laughs> that or the Ishii Yano match? Yeah, I also really liked the Ibushi match. Um. I'm going to say no on Zach right now. I'm going to pass on Zach. Okay. Just because, yes, all these matches were really good. The the Ibushi match and the Sabre match, those are two of my favorite matches at the tournament. But when you're talking about pure star rating scale, and as good as he's, – he's had different types of performances all throughout, and he might end up still being the MVP. But at this point, I'm going to say no on Sabre. And you I, know what? I'm very I, close to saying no on Omega, bro. I think it's Ishii. Do you think it's Ishii right now? I think so, man. Over Ibushi. Okay, well let's take it. Let's take a little bit of a well, deeper look. Ishii here. hasn't had Ishii's Tamatanga. had two very close to five star matches with Ibushi and and Goto. Yeah. And then that Naito match is probably like what four and a half, yeah. four and three quarters, very close to that. Saber match. The Saber match is like easily oh four and a half, four more. Um, then you look at Ibushi, and Ibushi's had very fantastic performances too, but I wouldn't say they're the same level. You wouldn't say Ibushi's on the same level as Ishii? In terms of just pure, like, objective quality of matches, yeah. this tournament, no. Yeah, so it has to be Ishii. Over Omega and Ibushi. Yeah. Over Naito and Zack Sabre. Yeah. 
Holy the stone pit bull, man. Holy crap. Ishii, like, we haven't really talked about this, but Ishii's the MVP of B-Block right now. Maybe he's the real best bout machine. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people love Ishii, bro. He's been reading the uh, psychology book. But then, you know, I don't want to, like, discount Omega because Omega has had close to five-star performances, too. So he's right there. Yeah, dude. B- and... B-Block is where it's at, man. And he's undefeated. So if you're talking kayfabe, it's really close. Yeah. Yeah, man. B-Block's where it's at. I'm, right now, I got Ishii as the MVP. Yeah. Holy crap. I'm surprised by that a little bit. Because I kind of thought, like, I was going to, like, we were going to say Omega or Ibushi, but it's, it's Ishii right now. Yeah, man. Don't forget about the Stone Pit Bull. All right. Well, let's move on. So we got the latest news and things like that. Yeah, so let's get this news cranking. So you want me to kick it off? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Tamatanga. So what's up with this dude? We talked about his Twitter last week and, you know, all the controversy with him and uh, the fans. Looks like this dude just kept getting into it with people last week. What yeah. happened there? And uh, so eventually uh, Twitter like, gave like a temporary suspension of his account. Like he could still see tweets, uh, but he couldn't tweet out or, like you know, send direct messages. So uh, I mean, they suspended his account for, I think it was like 11, 12 hours, something like that. Um, and then eventually he was free and he was tweeting stuff like, you know, I'm free from Twitter jail. I'm going to find whoever the snitch was, the, <laughs> the rat that got me locked in Twitter jail. He's talking about the rat. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to find you rat, whatever. And uh, then, and then, so then what was the deal with him? And, uh, cause you're, you're bigger on the Twitter stuff. Obviously I don't even know when we get tweets as a show. <laughs> um, what's up with him and Roman? Well, they were kind of like. Retweet trash talking each other. I think before the suspension, then after the suspension, um, I like Roman had quote tweeted like one of his tweets and then was like saying that like Tam had stolen his promo from like a song, and then um, then Tam like quote tweeted that and he was like, I found the rat. This <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's like this. Been talking crap about Roman, so they kind of like been going back and forth on Twitter kind of talking smack to each other and lately uh tama's been like doing like the fist uh roman rain superman punch symbol i love that and um yeah he's been trying he even in one of the matches he tried doing a superman punch but he failed i'll tell you i was when we were in uh new orleans and i watched walter wrestle filthy tom lawler as weird as that sounds um filthy tom literally like did a superman punch and the the whole crowd booed so then he went into the corner and then he pounded his fist on the mat (laughs) and he charged up and i was like i was like this is like it it was the perfect crowd to do it to like just the smarkiest of smart indie fans who just hate roman reigns at wrestlemania weekend so like anytime anyone does that now like i'm gonna pop for it like i love it i love it um i saw i saw roman basically like he he like Tama said something about, um, you know, talk some crap to Roman, and then Roman's like, well, you know, by me retweeting you, I basically just, like, double... Increased the views of your video, and then Tama was like, oh, something about, like, you know, your bark is, is not getting you over in your yard. Like, try and come over to my yard. My yard has no fences. Like, I run free, something like that. Man, he get whooped by Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like Roman Reigns, but yeah, he'd freaking, he'd murk. Damn. <laughs> you know what? Remember when I joked about him coming over being the leader of the Bullet Club? Who, Roman? Yeah. Yeah. He should just come over here and be part the, of the, 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 the firing squad. You want to talk about them getting heat? Oh, my God. Them having a leader? 
What if they? What if they let Roman Reigns join the Bullet Club? My God, they probably do. That'd probably be like one of the most classic like storylines. That would sport. like melt the internet. <laughs> <laughs> all the New Japan fanboys would like their hearts would melt all the WWE fanboys that love Roman would literally come flocking it would change the whole like spectrum of wrestling <laughs> like oh my god oh man anyways um, moving on so um in New Japan news, so Kevin Kelly uh, was recently quoted this last week as saying that um, New Japan bringing um, New Japan Pro Wrestling World to Roku and Apple TV is one of the top priorities of New Japan staff right now. So those of you who have Roku, like myself, or Apple TV for you Apple users out there, which you suck. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Yo, Galaxy's where is that, dog? Bro, let's not even. I don't even want to start this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all WWE, we New Japan. Nah, bro. <laughs> A- Apple's where it's at, man. Nah. A- Apple's B-Block. Nah, man. <laughs> you got them scripted promos. We got the real promos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, oh, man. you know, for those of you who are looking for more access- accessibility of the app and ways to stream it, they're working on it. And I believe Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly don't lie. So if he says they're going to do it, it's on its way. So that's awesome. Uh, We've got uh, ticket information about Fighting Spirit Unleashed coming up. Yeah, so the tickets for the upcoming Fighting Spirit Unleashed event will be going on sale next week. New Japan announced that the tickets will go on sale August 1st, which is Wednesday of this week, actually. I think it's yeah. the same day that the uh, bullet tickets go on sale. Yeah, so Wednesday, um, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Prices start at $50 and will go as high as $3. Three? $300. I was like, what? As high as $3? High as $300. Yeah, we need to make it out there. <laughs> uh, and that's for Arena Premium Gold Seats. Yeah, I know like fans in the SoCal area are like literally like their hearts are breaking because they got to kind of at this point like almost choose for a lot of them between BOLA or Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yeah. And you know what you're getting with BOLA if you can even get a ticket. Well, that's the thing. Like BOLA is so hard to get a ticket to. It's like a great like fallback. Yeah. Shout out to uh, co-host of Grown Men Watch This Shit, uh, Chris Bryan. He's going to be stateside. He's going to BOLA. Yeah. I think I think Jeremy Tate's trying to go too. Man, lucky dogs. <laughs> lucky dogs. Yeah, but um, you know, for those of you who maybe aren't as fortunate, this show will probably be worth, you know, checking out. We don't know much about it yet. Is yeah. that the Walter Pyramid? We don't know. The only thing we know, the poster has the big four: Omega, Okada, Naito, and Tana. Where's Chase? <laughs> <laughs> the big five. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so um. We also have a health update on Hiromu Takahashi. So um, I, I believe earlier this past week, uh, there was some news that kind of, you know, was broken about this. They talked, they discussed it in the Observer. But, uh, you know, apparently Hiromu is still in the hospital. It's been like, you know, at this point, more than like 20 days. And he, that's not necessarily a good sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, at first it seemed like things were kind of looking good there, but well, the the idea that he doesn't have to have surgery is is that's good. That's yeah. very 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 good. But um, you know, and uh, Hiromu even had released like some tweets and had like uh, 
you know, basically a message for the fans, thanking them for their support. I also saw Dragon Lee put out a heartfelt message regarding this, talking about how it was an accident and that, you know, he, he hopes to wrestle, you know, um, Hiromu again in the future, that all the best matches of his most spirited matches of his career came from Hiromu. Um, I know the whole wrestling community is behind Hiromu when it comes to this thing, but um, this, this was a tragic thing that happened. And I, hopefully it's, something that has a positive outcome um i know that the observer talked about harold Mai. yeah harold Mai um visited him in the hospital but we we don't we haven't heard too much more just that like you know he is talking he's responsive but he's still in the hospital and i mean that's kind of serious yeah so yeah hoping that eventually this will turn around and he can go home yeah get your health in order when you're ready please come back we love you but uh you know the most important thing is your health so, yeah um other news Rapongi 3k visited the uh a health center visiting like sick children and people in need uh there was an awesome write-up about that on the new japan uh njpw1972 website so if you get a chance check that out the free match of the week is kazushika okada taking on evil from g127 last year is the free match of the week that match excellent 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 match um i believe that's the match that ended up getting evil a title shot King yes of Wrestling it was last year. yep mm-hmm. so that's a close to five star match so if you want to get some free content you don't have new japan world it's for free it's on youtube it's on the njpw uh, world website it's a free match. Check it out. Um, Jado is injured again. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was on this turn on this tour as a on the undercard tag team matches, teaming with Chaos guys. Gato's like, dang, I got to go back to work. <laughs> uh, I believe he hurt his heel or his foot. Yeah, something like that. Jado was like, I'm hurt. Gato's like, far out. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. Uh, he is off the rest of the tour, but think, thankfully, it's not something that's going to keep him out of a- keep him out of action long term. Um, you had mentioned to me, Jeremy, that Axis is starting to air the G one matches. Is that for this G one? Yes. So um, the G one coverage started on July twenty seventh uh, with uh, Tanahashi versus Zuki and Okada versus Jay White. The August third show will have Ibushi versus Saber and Omega versus Naito. The August tenth show will have uh, Ishii versus Naito and Omega versus Goto. The uh, August 17th show has Tanahashi against Bad Luck Fale and Okada against Hangman Page. The August 24th show will have Omega vs. Tamatanga and Ishii vs. Goto. Great. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, for you super cherry pickers out there who don't have New Japan World, Axis looks like it's going to be your best bet on cherry picking some of the do, do better matches. Do yourself matches. a favor, guys. Get New Japan World. It's nine ninety nine yen a month, which is less than ten bucks. It's the best ten bucks you will spend, except for the ten bucks you're going to spend on our Patreon <laughs> to support this comedy goal <laughs> and everything that we do for you guys week in and week out. We just so you guys know, we do do this like for free, and we put a lot of work into it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but we really do. So, um, all jokes aside. But with that being said, what would you rather have? Your access television show that just has a couple selected matches, and you got to listen to Jim Ross, or do you want to hear Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero give you some of the best commentating in the in the sport today? I want to hear Double K, Kevin Kelly. Double K. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear <laughs> <laughs> Double K. K. I 
to the E to the double L Y. Ain't he great? Oh my god, I've never heard that. That's bro, you're stupid. Oh my god. Off the top of my head. <laughs> double K and and Rocky Romero double R. Oh my god, I just popped in my pants. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Last week, uh, someone actually commented. They said like that they liked our show because like they can listen to it with our family. I'm like, we're blowing that up this week. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, yeah, so do yourself a favor. Get New Japan World and listen to Kevin Kelly. Listen to Double K. Yo, he's going to be K-Double, K-Double, yeah, like Austin Aries with A-Double, yeah. Um, Don Callis will unfortunately be missing the G1 Finals all three shows. I'm like... Yeah, there are TNA, or excuse me, Impact <laughs> tapings on uh, August 12th and August 13th. So Callis will not be there for the final three nights of the G1. So it will be Kevin Kelly, K-Double, and Rocky Romero as the broadcast team. Uh, Callis is expected back for the big shows going forward as the way the tapings work and new Japan big shows fall. There won't be another date conflict for the rest of the year. As things stand right now. Speaking of which, if you are listening to the show and you want to get into the podcast game, we are looking for someone who is passionate that wants to cover Impact because apparently our friends who are Impact Marks aren't doing shows for us. We would like to get coverage for that show. Yeah. So hit us up. I mean, uh, shout out to Rich. He had some Impact coverage on One Nation Radio. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first time ever. <laughs> well, he kind of floated the idea maybe him and. Uh, you know, bathtub Baldwin doing a little a little deal, uh, but I don't know if he has the time to do it. I don't yeah. know if either of those guys do. So we're looking for someone. This is a hot product right now, boys. So you know, if you hot, want, hop on, man. Yeah, maybe maybe some MLW coverage. I don't know, <laughs> but um, that's gonna do it for the New Japan uh, portion of the news. Um, in other news, um, you know, we talked about Matt Riddle the last couple weeks. It is pretty much like pretty much known now he's going to wwe he's going to nxt i mean like i even saw a czw poster this week where they're like this is his last match and before he goes to wwe <laughs> so i was like yeah it's, it's really not a subtle yeah. thing anymore and he was on a x pac one two three sixty last week and talking about like who he would potentially like to face in nxt and you know working that stuff what he could would have to change and like the style that he would work in nxt so well according to the observer report you know there have been speculations about what offers were made to him apparently via the wrestling observer you know newsletter he was offered a contract with new japan and it was not just a domestic use uh right you know well, they the, the first deal they offered him was the u.s u.s only, only but then they came back with another offer for all the big shows yeah, so um, he turned that down. He is NXT bound, and you know WWE's going to keep swallowing up the indies. Yeah, battle lines are drawn, boys. So yeah, well, I mean, in a one one way it might be bad, but another way it's good because it gives guys a chance to step in those spots. And you know, the Matt Riddle leaving, Ricochet, Keith Lee, those are spots opening for guys to uh, step up. Yeah, like you know, Aaron Nova. Yeah. You know, Rod Grimes. Snoop strikes. Troy Hollywood. Yeah, shout out to Snoop, man. He's killing it at MLW. All, all the Florida boys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, uh, we have sad news. Alex Shelley has retired from pro wrestling. Yeah, man. This is really sad for me. I've... Take a moment. <laughs> Take a moment. Uh, I was a you know big fan of Alex Shelley and the Motor City Machine Guns. 
started seeing Alex Shelley in early Ring of Honor when he was part of the embassy. Um, and then, you know, teaming with like Abyss and then going on into um, TNA. I pretty much seen his whole TNA run when he was doing the uh, paparazzi productions. Yeah. With um, that whole stuff with Kevin Nash and then forming the Motor City Machine Guns with Chris Sabin and then formed the Time Splitters with Kushida. So, man, I actually, I mean, I, I, when I was, you know, um, doing my backyard slash underground wrestling days as John Drewis, I took his submission finisher, the Border City Stretch, which, stretch, which is also the Gargano Escape now. I use that as my submission finisher. So Alex Shelley was definitely a guy that influenced like the way I would wrestle and uh, a guy that I watched uh, and enjoyed watching. Maybe the way you do wrestle. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he had some uh, very poignant thoughts. He, he uh, announced this via Twitter, and he talked about how he was glad that his final match was against the Young Bucks. And uh, Rapungi 3K. And Rapungi 3K. So, um, you know, hopefully things go good with Alex. I've heard people say that this might just be a temporary retirement, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it lands. Um Don Callis and Scott Diamore earlier this week, I read some comments that they talked about how they're changing the philosophy of their wrestling booking. Obviously, Impact is a company that's doing things a lot different than other U.S.-based companies right now, which is pretty cool. One thing that they, they mentioned, though, I thought it was worth mentioning, was that they uh, they said that they're changing their philosophy on heels. And I don't know if you've been following the product at all. I know I... I mean, I've been keeping... I'm subscribed to the uh, Lanza TV reviews, so I've been getting getting the Impact stuff on there, and then I mean, a lot of podcasts are covering Impact now, especially after Slammiversary, so I've been kind of keeping up what's going on there. One thing that they said I thought was just super cool, really interesting, was that they're like, we're not afraid to let heels win clean. Yeah. How are you going to have bad guys built up if they can't win clean? And, you know, that's something that plagues, you know, big companies like WWE. You only have, like, you know, these you know, cowardly, like, chicken crap heels, and then you've got, you know, a company over here, they're letting guys get clean wins that are heels, and that's booking 101. Yeah, I mean, look at Slammiversary, Austin Aries, he's the top heel there. Everybody thought he was going to drop the belt to drop the belt to Moose, but no. Yeah. Yep. So that's interesting. Speaking of Impact, uh, Taiji Ishimori uh, wrestled Petey Williams on the latest uh, Impact. I heard nothing but good things about oh, that yeah. match. Oh, I yeah. I, I need to get my hands on that match. Um, I don't know if it, you know how much longer Ishimori will be doing shots for them, but uh, really cool that, that you know New Japan has lent him as a talent to them. Uh, considering that the Noah like you know situation kind of broke down, um, we still don't know where Ishimori falls on this whole Bullet Club thing. I think that's gonna be something very interesting to look into after G1 is over. Maybe even towards the G1 finals, he, you know, he could be coming back any day now. Right. Depending if he, we don't know if he's working those eight twelve and eight thirteen tapings. We'll see. Yeah. If he if he's not, then maybe. Um, RevPro has the British J Cup coming up soon, and they did just announce that all three members of Rapongi 3K will be involved in this tournament. So Rocky Romero. As well as show and yo. Yeah, I also saw that uh, Taguchi is in it. Is in it. I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah. So they got Liger, Rapongi 3K, and Taguchi. Yeah. Hmm. It's like British Jacob, but they got a bunch of Japanese guys. <laughs> so that'll be good. Um, they just announced this past week that the Young Bucks will be wrestling LAX. They're the Impact Tag Team Champions, right? Yeah. So that's really Santana interesting. Santana and Ortiz. They're going to be wrestling on the Jericho Cruise. So, man, this Jericho Cruise really... Uh... Yeah, and uh, Jericho said last week that there is no stream 
if you want to watch this thing, you got to come on the boat. So all these awesome matches will not be streamed. Sure, Jericho. There's no stream, but guess what? I bet you. I can, I there'll bet, be a DVD. There'll be something that comes there'll out. There'll be a DVD. There'll be something that comes out. This man's a finesser. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways. Um, that man's trying to sell the boat out, man. In other news, we do have sad news. This past Sunday was a big hit to the wrestling community uh, four wrestling deaths all on the same day uh, Brian Christopher you know famed member of Too Cool and son of Jerry the King Lawler uh, passed away this past weekend um, Nikolai Volkov you know, legend of wrestling, uh, had many stints in New Japan, classic matches with Inoki in the 70s, different things like that. Uh, Brickhouse Brown, who apparently was, I, I'm not even too familiar with Brickhouse Brown, but, you know, he's supposed to be like a revolutionary wrestler for, you know, black pro wrestling and, uh, you know, a very influential figure when it comes to that. And then uh, Tracy Cattle, who was the father of Trevor Lee. And was an independent wrestler, very closely aligned with the Omega promotion that was started in uh, the North Carolina area. With by the Hardys. The yeah. Hardys. Um, all four of these uh, individuals passed away this Sunday. Yeah, Just man. on Sunday. Sad stuff, man. So our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those families. Um, in news revo- uh, con- concerning interviews. So Flip Gordon did an interview this past week with WrestleZone Radio. Very interesting stuff. He talked a lot about, you know, All In, New Japan, Ring of Honor. Very interesting stuff. You might want to check that out. Uh, Y2J has been all over the media this week. He was on the Ross Report talking about New Japan, talking about WWE. Same thing. He did a uh, write-up with SportsIllustrated.com this past week, talking about the differences with his character between the two companies and what's what the future holds for him. Uh, you definitely want to check that out. Um, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, Ultimo Dragon. Dude, was on Talk is Jericho. I caught that, man. How was that? That was great, man. Ultimo speaks great English. Really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just great listening to him and talking about the stories about him getting started. And, um, you if, know. If he talks so good, like, if he has such good English, why did he need Sonny Ono? Because <laughs> <laughs> Ono was a friend of uh, Bischoff. Uh, but no, but for real, how what what else, what did he talk about? I thought it was hilarious that when he was in WWE, when he was on SmackDown, he drove with John Cena, the Basham brothers, um, and Tajiri and Funaki. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.